This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack, having fun with the world gone crazy. I'm telling you, this guy is pure evil. Evil. And you know what? If he played, remember when um, Al Pacino played Devil's Advocate, that movie? You know, he was the devil. And, uh, well, you know the story if you saw the movie. This guy is Al Pacino. He's the one, he's Devil's Advocate. This guy is so dangerous and so evil, it's, well, here's proof. Ready? So this is what happened this week in California. You know California is an asshole, right? That's a, just a garbage country. Right. Mm. It's a country. It's not. That's not a state. It's no. a communist country, and it's going to hell. Wall it off. Escape from L.A. Okay, so they have a new law in California. I think it's uh, starting this month. Minimum wage, $20. If you have restaurants, you know, fast food restaurants, uh-huh. whatever, uh, $20 minimum wage. What? That's it. There's one exception. There's just one exception. If you own 60 outlets of your restaurant, you know, you own, you know, you're a franchiser, franchisee, what's the name, or, or, or whatever. You own 60 restaurants and you sell baked goods as a single purchase item. In other words, it's not the bread that comes to your table when it's part of a dinner. I'm talking about there's a section of the restaurant where you go to and there's a display of bread and you can buy it. Okay, that's the exception. If you own a restaurant that has tables to eat, but then separately has bread for sale, then you're exempt from the $20 minimum wage. What's that? Now, 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 wait, wait, now they'll play a contest here. Uh, Jill, what rest? What, what What? does that say to you? What exactly does that... Just give me an idea. Uh, that's what I'm asking. I, don't, I would have no idea what, what the reasoning is behind that. Well, I'll give you the reason in a minute, but what restaurant that you know of, that you're very familiar with, sells meals, but then there's a separate section where you go and buy bread. There's a few of them, but... but there is? Yeah. Like what's a the, walk-in restaurant, like a cafeteria restaurant? What's the or biggest an- fast food outlet or rest slash restaurant that you can go to and get a meal, but also when you leave, you can buy a bunch of bread, take it home? Panera? You can't buy bread at Panera. Ah, Panera! You can't buy bread at Panera when you yeah, leave. Yeah, you can. I've, what are you talking I've about? You never walk- seen bread for a- sale at Panera. They got a bakery. You can buy bagels. You can buy bread. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. you meant, yeah, that's a bakery that you go up and order it and buy it. I thought you meant like. No, like Panera. That's what I just the said. The one right by the hospital. You can go in there and buy bread. 
Hey, yeah, you buy bread separately. There's a separate counter. They have bagels. They have bread. They get, it smells so good. They have, you name it. Then on the other side, you can order your food and sit down and have a meal. All right, so the only restaurant chain that fits that description that doesn't have to pay minimum wage in this new law in California, enacted by Gavin Newsom, is... Olive Garden. Panera. Oh. Okay, now, so far the story's like, okay, that that's fine. <laughs> okay. Did Panera donate money to somebody in California's... Guess who the largest donor... <laughs> Of Gavin Newsom's governorship is. That makes sense. Really? The owner of Panera Bread franchises across California. Oh my gosh. This guy, Gavin Newsom, by the way, his name is Greg Flynn, longtime donor to Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is an evil dick. I'm telling you right yeah. now. And and what could happen here in the next few months, Biden's not gonna make it. I still think that. I don't there's no way. He may even get elected, and then they'll pull him out. But, I mean, there's no way that he's going to be president for four years. The, the guy's completely deteriorated in the last six months exponentially. Gavin Newsom gets in there because only for one reason, his looks. I, I, that sounds insane, right? Yeah, because he's not very handsome. But, no, no, I'm telling you, I've spoken to women who don't know anything about politics. I've, I've, I pointed him out, and they said, oh, he's really handsome. It's he's tall. He's not good looking. Dude, he's, yeah, but he's got that that thing. He's got that, it's like girls, <laughs> it's like it's like cheerleaders who hang around jocks in high school. He may be the dumbest ass in the entire high school, but he's a jock. See, and he's got the attitude and the swagger. Doesn't matter that he's a dumbass and couldn't pass second grade math. Mm. Joe, help me here. You have experience, don't you? And, uh, I ain't helping you. You didn't date any jocks? You <laughs> no. dated a metalhead. I didn't date anybody in high school. I was the funny girl. Nobody wanted to go out with me. Uh-oh, we better get a psychologist in here. <laughs> I didn't date till I was in college. The sorrow of Jill's high school years. <laughs> the documentary. I was everybody's friend. <laughs> so yeah, so I guarantee you if Gavin Newsom runs, it doesn't matter what he stands for. It doesn't matter that he destroyed the biggest, one of our best states at some at one time. It, all that's not going to matter. All that's going to matter is look at him. I'll vote for him. Yeah, I'll vote for him. I don't know. If you have a half a brain in your head, hopefully you don't. A lot of people I mean, don't. you heard Jillian Michaels when I played yesterday with Bill Maher, and he said, I think Gavin Newsom. And she was like, oh, God, he's horrible. You know? Who's that under? Do you remember? Mm, Bill Maher, maybe? Oh, the Bill Maher? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she was on Bill Maher. No, I know, but I don't know what it was labeled. Anyway. Uh, Maher Michaels is what it was labeled. Yeah, Rick probably changed it to reporter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's labeled Mar Michaels. I'm looking at it. That was yesterday? Yeah. Mar Michaels. Too bad you can't play from there. I know. I wish Has I could. Has anybody got a radio station with equipment that actually works? We'd love to move over there. <laughs> I could be such a help right now. I'm looking I know, at it. I know. I <laughs> know. It's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, so that's, that's what happened in California. So we, that, I think that is so crazy, though, that Gavin Newsom's just going to pull out of his ass. Well, any restaurant that happens to have the smoky buffalo chicken milk toasted baguette gets exempt. Okay, who do, who well. donated to my campaign gets <laughs> yeah, exempt. I mean, it's kind of how that goes sometimes. And nobody asks any questions. The funny thing is, is we all let this stuff go. It's not just us. I mean, people in California, they just let it go. They just go, oh, okay. It's, it's just, God. All right, here's another one. The uh, U.S. airman that set himself on fire, that uh, did a post about the whole thing, you know, did a live shot, burnt himself to death. This chaps my ass. That's Aaron, whole story. Aaron Bushnell. Uh, now he's a hero to some people. He's Why? a hero to some people. Now, here's the here's the irony. I love irony. It's Irony is karma. Karma is delicious. 
With a good sauce. Yeah, and, and then some dessert. It, it really is, right? I sound like Khan. Does, doesn't he say dessert in that diatribe? Revenge is a dish best served, served cold. cold. Aaron Bushnell, the U.S. airman who burnt himself to death to protest the Gaza war, was allegedly ready for the, This is the part that these protesters don't even know. They, they went out yesterday, made signs, dressed up in their Gen Z, uh, da- very upset clothing, you know, the black, dark clothing. They painted their face white to look mm-hmm. emaciated and, you know, in, in, in distress. And they went out there and started chanting stuff that rhymes. They just don't know anything because... Even though they protested, they probably don't know that this guy was raised in a religious cult and it was part of a mysterious, abusive Christian cult. Well, that's all I need right there. The 25-year-old Massachusetts native was raised in the mind control group, the Communities of Jesus, in the tiny Cape Town of uh, Cod, New Orleans, or something like that. Susan Wilkins, 59, uh, what is that about? Forget that. His parents appear to continue to have strong ties to the murky religious sect, which has reportedly been a vocal online supporter of Israel's war on Gaza. Okay, so they so, support Israel so, yeah, or they yeah, support no, Gaza? No, they support Israel. So no, the thing is, is that these protesters went out yesterday, and I'll play a little bit of that in just a second, to, pro- to, to, to first of all, hail this guy as a hero because he burnt himself and said that, you know, uh, from the river to the sea and all that, and burnt himself to death. They have no idea that he belonged to a Christian cult, which would make him what? What would that make him? Anybody oh, a white any... supremacist, according to certain parties. White supremacist? Jill, did you say white supremacist? You win. Bing, 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 bing. And they don't know that his entire family and the cult support Israel. But even, <laughs> even that part aside, why are you hailing someone that unfortunately had such mental issues? Because I got to tell you something, it probably had nothing to do with the war. You, you have something going on in your brain before all of that well, of happened. of course he did. And why are you... I, I can't even go down the rabbit hole. I can't even go into the whole point of if he really was a hero and he believed in something, whether we agree with it or not, then go there and fight for your cause. Don't kill yourself like a coward, which is what he was, because then people are going to hail him as a hero and people are going to look at him. Kids are going to look at him and go, oh, that's what a hero is? And they're going to think that's what you're supposed to do. Why so, would anybody think that's what you're supposed to do? None of that looks fine. None of have, that looks like it's advancing your cause. Because you have idiots cause. that follow the, oh, people think that's a hero. That's what a hero looks like. That's not what a hero looks like. Sorry. I'm sorry if that offends you. That's not what a hero does. All right. So anyway, uh, so the protesters came out there and the lead guy who's running the protest, there weren't many, it was like a hundred, uh, came out there. First of all, you got to understand, he looks like he hasn't bathed in about, oh, I don't know, six months and he's wearing a mask. It's the middle of the freaking day, one o'clock in the afternoon in Los Angeles, I mean, in D.C. He's wearing a mask. So he's doing a speech to a through crowd. Through the mask? Through the mask. Through one of those little cheap why? blue masks that don't filter why, anything. Why would you do that? Because they're psychos. Here we go. Where does it end? If they're not deterred. Oh, and- that's not it. Hold on. Wrong day. Hold on a second. Here we go. We need to sweep away this system. And we cannot just do the so-called liberal protesting. Yeah. And we need to really get organized. And we need to fight. And we need to win. So he's calling for revolution, an overthrow of the government, and nothing happens. <clears throat> Can you imagine a Trump rally where they call for revolution, armed insurgents, and and uh, overthrowing the government? What would happen next? Hmm. How many police officers would show up? How many arrests? What do you think? Oh, oh here? A few. Anywhere in the United States. 
Anyway, I'm not looking for a number. Don't, it's not too complicated. Anyway, so he goes on. He's wearing his mask. That's why you can't understand a word he's saying. And then he says something that you know the crowd doesn't agree with because they don't like to touch those things. But he what says it because this guy's ready to shoot it up. There is only one solution. Antifada revolution. Antifada revolution. We won't hide. We won't cower. We won't hide. Yeah. Take guns and seize the power. Take your guns and what? Something, something. That's where everybody all of a sudden quieted down. <laughs> guns? Wait a minute. We're not supposed to like. We don't like guns. Let me read you some of the comments. This is what I was talking about, Smoke. This is what I was talking about. These are the comments about what this guy did. Oh, boy. Uh, R.I.P. Aaron Bushnell. He chose to sacrifice his own life instead of the killing of innocent children. May God have mercy on his soul and bring it to heaven. Thank you for your sacrificial message. No, no. It's like George Floyd, a criminal, a drug addict, a drug pusher, a wife beater, uh, a guy who put a gun in a pregnant wife's, a pregnant woman's stomach to get $800 out of her apartment. And he's a hero, right? Mm. And the whole story was fabricated after that. And he's down. He's a hero. We heard Nancy Pelosi say, thank you, George Floyd, for giving up your life and sacrificing your life to make life better for others. It is. I mean, we are a really sick society here. We make stuff up and then we just go with it. And you know what, though? Instead of this is typical of uh, the government taking advantage of this unfortunate incident where you had this person, an American soldier that had such a mental illness that he thought this was the right thing to do. And instead of letting his family grieve and leaving it alone, they choose to politicize it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, well, oh, let's jump on it immediately. And it's like, this was such a tragedy in and of itself that an American soldier was so messed up that he thought that this was okay. Yeah. Well, what was also messed up is this guy that's calling for revolution wearing the mask. Yeah. How are they going to do a revolution when they have to stay six feet apart and they have to sanitize their <laughs> rifles every every time they take a shot? Show your COVID vaccine yeah, I mean, card you know. before you come in. There's yeah. only one solution. Antifada revolution. And that's for the extermination of Jews. But nobody says anything about that part, huh? Do you think they met up at like Starbucks and they're like, it has to rhyme. So what rhymes? Yeah, they're writing, writing it down on their napkin. Rhymes and what else? What else? No, no, Write it on the cup. That's yeah. why when I'm holding the cup, you can read it off there. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. An appeals court stayed some penalties for former President Donald Trump's civil fraud judgment of $464 million. How ridiculous. Oh, my. The court ordered arguments to be filed by March 18th, granting the interim stay for the judgment that would uh, prohibit the defendants from serving as officers or directors of any New York business or legal entity. Now, that's a great thing for Trump because, yeah, they did. he has to pay the money. Is that, that's, not in, that's not included in the stay. So he has to pay, I think it's about $361 million right off the bat Ooh. to go forward with the appeal. But Jeez. they gave him the ability to continue to do business in New York with his businesses. So with the and they gave him the ability to also get more bank loans, which again, irony, right? So he can get bank loans and he can maybe sell off a couple of properties or leverage those properties against the loan to pay the fines that they imposed on him by that uh, frothing at the mouth, rabid Letitia James district attorney. So you could keep doing what you're doing that we're mad at as long as you give us money. Right. Okay. Yeah, so. Letitia James's horrible attorney general in New York campaigned on I will get Trump, I will get Trump. We went through a trial. It turned out we're totally innocent on everything. And he fined me $355 million plus interest and other things. But they say it's the most egregious punishment anybody's ever 
never seen. Tim Scott knows that. He sees it. The Eighth Amendment. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. That's the Eighth Amendment. So we'll see where that appeal ends up, and that's going to be a while. It's mm. going to be about a month or so till they start to hear that. Um, in another case, the immunity case with, uh, with uh, President, former President Trump in Washington, D.C., and the prosecutor, or I guess the... Um, Special Counsel Jack Smith. In that case, it's been delayed because now the Supreme Court is taking on the immunity um, issue. So we'll see what happens there. So there's two court case, two two uh, indictments or two uh, sets of indi- uh, charges that now are in question. And then you got the third with Fannie Willis down in Georgia. That thing is completely falling apart. I know. Uh, and for the guy who emailed me real angry last week saying, "What do you mean Fannie Willis perjured herself? You don't know anything about the law." Actually, the little I do know was pretty damn accurate because now they're saying that Fannie Willis and Wade, um, Nathan Wade, the prosecutor that was working with Fannie Willis outside of her office who became her boyfriend-girlfriend thing, uh, they're saying that they both perjured themselves. And now they might add the partner of Nathan Wade at the law firm he works at because he also went on the stand under oath and lied. Yeah, Megyn Kelly went off on that whole thing. Yeah, and I'll have that a little later. Now, uh, John Sayles, do anybody know who he is? In 1996, he became a pretty famous director and filmmaker. John Sayles. What did he He direct? He did the movie Lone Star. It was actually a pretty good film, won some awards. Hmm. So the filmmaker, director, and Oscar-nominated Lone Star... uh, Mr. John Sales decided that he was gonna he was gonna protest. He's gonna make change in the world because you know everybody in Hollywood wants to make change. Mm. Yeah. So what did he go he do? He went down August, he went down to the border and went up to the metal wall where you know Trump built and peed on it. Why? Uh, because that was his protest. Okay, you emptied your bladder, which you probably had to do anyway. You just did it on a wall. Yeah. Sit your five dollar ass down before I make change. Right. <laughs> This uh, movie, by the way, if you don't remember, started Chris Christopherson. He played the racist sheriff. I don't recollect. Yeah, so the filmmaker believed Trump's wall was racist. Gee, that's that's being... So that's, peeing on it makes it not? Pe- no. <laughs> yeah, that'll help. Peeing on it makes it rust, I think. So Campaigned on... Um, oh, build- yeah, so now, uh, to, to finish the story off, uh, you know, Biden campaigned on not building one more inch of that wall because the wall's racist, right? Campaigned on... Um, build that wall. Are you willing to tear that wall down? No, I'm, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. All right. That was fine, right? He got elected, and then you expect somebody who makes promises to stick to their promises. Nah, uh, uh, uh. Today, Biden and Trump are down to the wall, and Biden's saying we have to build 20 more miles of wall. I swear to God, that really happened. Really? Well, I think the policy is collapsing, and it's a disaster. And and I don't believe a word of it. I think they're pretending. I think they're trying to pretend they give a damn because, look, blue states are finally seeing the consequences of this. You've got blue mayors. You've got Eric Adams in New York saying that illegal immigration is destroying New York City. They've had about 110,000 illegal immigrants, and that's destroying New York City. Well, what the heck do you think 7.6 million has done to Texas and the other border states. I do not. So now they're going to build 20 more miles of wall, and this is under the Biden administration. Now they're tr- so wait. Trump wanted to do it. And they're like, ah, you're a xenophobe, and so now they're like, oh, people are mad at us because there's so many people getting in. Maybe we should build a wall. Well, that's because everything <laughs> changed over the last two weeks because illegal immigration became the number one issue with voters. It's always been the economy. This time it's the wall, the, the border, and people coming over here illegally. Now Ted Cruz right there said 7.6. 
million people have crossed illegally. Well, the real number is 10.4 because you got to add the unknowns, the ones mm-hmm. who got away, the gotaways, and the ones we don't know how they got here yeah. or where I, they went through what. And I should have given you something. I had uh, Joy Reid the other day that we never used, and she was talking about that. And she's like, 10 million? Did you just pull that number out of the air? That can't even be possible. Yeah, it is possible. <laughs> it is possible. It's actually, the number is greater than the population of 36 U.S. states, and it constitutes the population of a city that would be the U.S.'s second largest city if they all got together and made a city, which I'm all for. And remember when they said we were all xenophobic when we said criminals were going to start coming in here and committing crimes, and then wow. people started getting Look murdered and beat over here. And bo- oh, by the way, by the by, Venezuela's crime rate's the lowest it's ever been. Right. All right. Locally, one person is dead after multiple people were shot. Orlando neighborhood. This happened last night. Uh, the cops say they were called to an area of Iron Wedge Drive in South Lake Orlando Parkway around 11 p.m. Mm. Uh, four people shot. One of them deceased. Uh, police are haven't given any information on any more. So we of don't that. know why. Or no, we don't know anything. Yeah, they started the investigation at like 11:30 last night. Nobody could get to their apartment. It was crazy. This guy. Um, I try to look up and see if he's a comedian or what. I can't find anything on him. He's Pretty much a regular citizen who's a little overweight and decided he was going to go jogging or, you know, fast walking with his shirt off. Okay. He got arrested. Why? Indecent exposure. And this TV station carried the story locally where he got arrested. And at the end, the uh, anchor, well, you'll you'll hear the response in just a second. Here we go. This is off the TV. 31-year-old Dwayne Townsend is charged with indecent exposure and disorderly conduct on several occasions dating back to November of 2018. And you see, that's what the problem is. Now, it's a beautiful day. I want to come outside with my shirt off, and I was just jogging, trying to get my body back in shape. And all of a sudden, I get hit stick like I'm on Madden. Just boom, out of nowhere by a cop. And, uh, you know, it scared the hell out of me. I was so scared, y'all, I didn't on myself. And I'm talking about I was wet. I was wetter than a well in a bubble bath drinking a bottle of water. Okay? And to myself, I said, indecent exposure? Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. What you want me to do? I'm a man. You want me to put on a bra? Man, that bra strap will snap like a budget cord. Just go. (laughs) And, you know, I just came out of court. And they just gave me two court dates. One for each two. So, but why was? Did we get to the bottom of why he was arrested for indecent exposure when other people jog without their shirts on all the time? Well, I think but, if you're over a certain cup size, they just have. Yeah, to I think if you him. look at the video, you'll see what what they saw. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they thought he was a woman that was Stop overweight. That lady with. The, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. I, don't, I don't know. Well, they got to give you a ticket. Okay, now, but even if you. they did that and walked up and said, "Oh, you're a dude," would you? I don't know. Can't you just walk? Oh. He went in front of a judge. They gave him two. He's going to go to court. That makes no sense to me. But yeah. why? Because he was overweight? Is that why? No, I don't know. I don't know anything else. I told you. I don't know anything else. I He's looked, probably I would... getting phone calls from lawyers all oh, day, every yeah, day, you going, could... you know what? Uh-huh. <laughs> Boy, do we have your case. Morgan and Morgan, the boobies. All right. Uh, Mitch McConnell, the longest uh, serving senator, which we've got to stop this crap. Uh, he's the longest-serving leader in history who maintained his power in the face of dramatic convulsions in the Republican Party for almost two decades, will step down. He said, I'm done. Already? He's got so much spry and pep in his step uh, left. I'm pretty sure I remember him just... Blacking out? Yeah. He's the one who shorts out? 
Anyway, the 82... Okay, Mitch, let's get you to bed. 82-year-old said last week that he announced his decision Wednesday in the well of the Senate, the chamber where he uh, looked looked in awe when he was a younger guy, and he came in there for the first time in 1985. But... um, He's well respected. People like him. I, I, you know, I don't know. But is it, is it ageist to say that maybe there needs to be? Oh yeah, a cap on the age. Absolutely. I, I, for certain jobs, no. I'm sorry. For certain jobs, no. I, I don't need an 80 year old firefighter trying to get me out of a burning building. Right. That's I'm sorry, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm not trying like, to be rude. I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's not rude, and it doesn't make you a jerk. There needs to be an age Look, cap on some of these things. That's crazy. Well, some jobs require a certain level of skill. Like it's it's not a, a request. It's a requirement. Like right. you need to be able to do stuff if you're going to have that job. And if you're in charge of the government, your mind needs to be kind of clear. Yeah. Well, you'd like to remember which country each person's from. That's helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, to be an air traffic controller, you have to apply by 35. That's the cutoff. And you and you have to retire. I think it's at 59. Wow. Yeah. So, so air traffic controller is somehow deemed a more important job than leader of the nation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good okay. to know. But anyway, so uh, he had a few words to say in his retirement. Hi, folks. It's Mr. McConnell. <laughs> and if you're retired like I am, then you need to make sure you're prepared. That's why there's Mr. McConnell's retirement planning. I'll help guide you through the complex world of retirement. So what sort of investments do you think I should make? Well, I'd take your 401k and roll it into a Robert Obama turbine. Um, take my what? Then you want to, and this is crucial, take your Herber and Mermit Otherwise, Gabba Turbo wouldn't have hit Berber. Well, will my kids be taken care of? Of course, as long as you, and I can't stress this enough, Derba Herber, uh, uh, uh. Are you okay? Never better. Yikes. So what are you waiting for? Plan your financial future with Mitch McConnell Retirement Planning. Just call 55 Derba. See you soon. Stacy Morning Show on Instagram at the Rick Stacy Morning Show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack.
having fun with the world gone crazy. And it's brought to you by All Electric Services. Sad news yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, it popped up on my alerts. Uh, Richard Lewis, comedian Richard Lewis, dead at 76. I'm leaving you in my will. I'm tweaking it and you're in it. No, 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 don't, don't do that. It's done. You're in. I don't want to be in it. I, got, I have money. I don't need it. Give it to someone who needs it. When I die, I want you to know how much I care about you. I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to give it to charity. You're my best friend. You're getting it. No, I can't take bad news. The day started out so good. Had a good night's sleep. Had a good BM. I don't want to hear any bad news. Now, what type of news is it? Well, to be perfectly frank, it's bad. I knew it! I knew it was bad news. So he was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. That was from Robin Hood Men in Tights that you heard at the end there. I didn't know he had been living with Parkinson's, did you? Nope. Um, And then I guess he suffered a a heart attack. He revealed last April about the Parkinson's thing. Um, Yeah, super sad. I hate to hear that. He was funny. Uh, Mega Millions. Rick, you didn't buy your ticket. I know you didn't. I screwed up. You forgot. Yeah, I forgot. It's all right. Nobody won. So you're. That's good. You're what is, good. What's going on now? So it's up to six hundred and seven million. Yeah. Uh, the next drawing for Mega Million is tomorrow night. Yeah. Nobody won Powerball either. Oh, money sauce. Uh, which maybe Powerball's tonight. No, Powerball Saturday night. Uh, four hundred and forty-three million. Yeah. Regardless, you have a better chance of laying an egg and hatching <laughs> Jim Carrey out of that egg than you do winning. So. Wait, which well, would I rather though? Have you seen my BMs? <laughs> Could it happen? That's such a strange word. I know. I had a friend uh, growing up when we were like nine or ten years old, and whenever we'd go over to her house, like her grandmother lived with her, and she'd come over and be like, did you have a BM today? Do you need some prunes? She would always ask all of us if we had our BM today. Was, you you like, mean, did I poop? I was like, That's really weird. I was like, is this an old people thing? Why no. are you asking me that? Yeah, I took a sh- <laughs> That's a weird thing to ask somebody. I know. But as soon as they walk in the house. What? As soon as you walked in there, I guess she had prunes. She had just bought some prunes. So she was like, did you have your BM today? If not, I got some fresh prunes in the fridge. Uh, it was very strange. So yeah, I never see, wanted to go over there because she always asked me if I pooped yet. Don't need anybody that concerned with my digestive You know what I'm stuff. saying? Yeah. I agree. All right. Here's something fun. And Rick's going to go, I knew it. Uh, research suggests that female psychopaths are more common than we think they are. Oh, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I repeat it. Duh. Um, (laughs) People generally, the reason this this professor who specializes in, um, is it psychopathy or psychopathy? Uh, I think you could do both. Okay. Uh, He said people generally attribute psychopathic characteristics to males rather than females. So when females display some of these key traits like being insincere, deceitful, antagonistic. Women being deceitful and insincere? Come on. Uh, lacking in emotional depth. If they display any of these characteristics, yeah. they go unnoticed because they, they don't really pay attention to them because they're used to seeing them, according to this research, from males, not females. But I think we've watched plenty of movies that prove otherwise. Oh, we just did a story the other day with... um. What was it? The the old guy that got a letter in the mail from the girl he dated like 60 years ago. Oh, and the wife wanted to kill him? Yeah, the wife's like, you, God, I can't believe He's like, I didn't, I've been married to you this whole time. Yeah, oh, for sure. But uh, there's a couple of scenes that stuck out to me of the craziest women. Trust me. God's sake. It's for the best. Hey, please. Oh, no. Ah! Oh. Almost done. Oh, God. That movie. God, I love you. 
<laughs> I'll never see Kathy what Bates. What am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll tell you that. Okay. All right. Enough. Uh, that Glenn Cl- That movie, I wasn't a cheater, but that movie made sure that I didn't even thought about it. Yeah, that movie was so scary. So, you know, they came out with a television version of Fatal Attraction. They did? Yeah, it's, um, I forget the girl's name. I've seen her in a bunch of movies. And then Josh Jackson from Dawson's Creek uh, is in it. And it's the same kind of thing where he's... He's married and his wife's at home and he's got the kid and then the girl that works at the office or I, I forget how they meet. Is she like his lawyer or something? And yeah, they bump into each other somehow or they meet at like a work thing. And they start having an affair with each other and then he starts to do the whole, this has been a mistake. I need to back off. I didn't mean to do this to my wife. It was She's a moment like, of you're weakness. having my baby. Oh yeah. And then she comes on. For, it's, it's a series now. How about the Harrison Ford movie? Was it Injustice for All? So he gets, he's a lawyer, mm-hmm. and he uh, he's accused of, of uh, killing his wife's, um, no, no, what was it? Oh, of, of his mistress dying. He was cheating on his wife. Okay. His mistress dying. I think that's what it was. You have to look it up. But I remember, the ending is what got me. Is he spends time in jail. He's in prison for, I've, I don't know how many years, a lo- long, long time. Comes back to his house with his wife sitting across the table. He gets up for just to say, he just got home from being in jail, convicted of murder, goes into the uh, toolbox in his garage, pulls out an ax, and there's the blonde hair of oh. his mistress. And he goes back with the ax and sits down on the dining room table, his wife across from the table, and she goes, what did you expect? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Gosh, oh, dude. No. You got to see that movie. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, well, I just got chills from that. Why are you yeah. going to do that to me? <laughs> well, there's also the movie Unfaithful with Diane Lane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Gere. God, where he kills the artist guy. Yeah, it's, it's Oliver Martinez and Diane Lane's having an affair with him, and Richard Gere finds out about it and goes and murders him. He didn't mean to murder him. Right. Yeah. But then the, the other one, the one that always gets me, is um, what's it called? A Perfect Murder with Michael Douglas yeah. and Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's oh. cheating on him, so he hires someone to kill her uh, or no pays the guy that's cheating with her says I won't uh, I won't ruin I won't, your life right if you I want someone to murder my wife if you kill her I'll let you off the hook hmm. um, and so he goes okay but then he loves her so he can't do it so he hires someone else oh, to kill her yeah but she gets away she defends herself and kills the guy Ooh. and so now this whole thing is unraveling of yeah and and I think the didn't the boyfriend tip her off or something that I don't he had remember. hired so she kind of Anyway, it was that was good. I remember that. Totally crazy. <sighs> Nothing competes with that fatal attraction, though. Fatal attraction. I guess you thought you'd get away with it. Well, you can. Oh, dude! When she comes out of that bathtub. I oh nearly, my gosh! I almost crapped myself in the theater. <laughs> well, didn't she boil his kid's rabbit too? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's it's full on psycho stuff right there and Glenn Close uh, she was able to recover herself but Kathy Bates in misery I will never see her the same way ever again oh, yeah. yeah I she, love you and, <laughs> and, and the way they show one of the ankles James Conn was incredible oh, oh when the sheriff so goes to that. save him and he's so close and she shoves him down the hole in the basement yeah and he's like no that was his one shot Oh my gosh. Movies where they have a scene where the person almost escapes. Yeah. And then doesn't give me such high blood pressure. Oh, I know. It's like, I need to get my heart checked. My doctor's like, what are you doing? What's your diet like? I'm like, diet's fine. He's like, you gotta stop watching these movies, man. (laughs) 
And finally, today is the 29th of February, also known as Leap Year. Oh, do you guys hear Publix? Free subs tomorrow for all Florida residents with no. ID? <laughs> yeah, February 30th. They do it every year. No, they don't. Oh, that's right. Rick fell for it. <laughs> I did. I did yesterday, too. I'm, I'm, over, I'm overtired. <laughs> I was because well, I was immediately my you don't understand my my entire vision the scope of everything shut down I had blinders on all I could see was that ultimate sub from public that's <laughs> it happened to me yesterday too I was I'm like, like really how can wait online well, <laughs> February thirtieth that's oh well the good news <laughs> is suck there are some things you can get today free guac at Chipotle oh wow and I think you can get free donuts at Krispy Kreme free guac at Chipotle come on man really um so this is the day we get once every four years uh if you've ever won what would happen if we didn't do this leap year. Uh, it's pretty dramatic, but it takes a long time to get there. So I'm going to explain it to you the way it's in front of me, and we'll see if we understand this. Uh, it takes Earth 365.24 days to orbit the sun, uh, which is 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 56 seconds. Those extra hours create enough time for one new day every four years. So if we didn't add the extra day, the calendar would shift about 25 days every century, meaning that after about 600 years, Christmas would actually be in July. They have that over at uh, Costco. Christmas in July. Christmas in July. Yeah. But see, this this is where our calendar doesn't make sense. Like, you could do Here we go. 13 months with mm-hmm. 28 days each divided exactly into four weeks. Well, that's 364. The extra days, you're you know, end. Also, if you're on salary, you're working one extra day this year for the same money, and there you go. Well, you're, you're working until May to pay the government. You're so working today to yeah, for yeah, free. Don't, don't be too upset. <laughs> Messed up. <laughs> yeah. But happy today leap. Is leap day. Happy leap day. Every four years, yeah. We get an extra day. February 29th. Idea for leap day. Was Julius Caesar's It's another day in February Who would want a longer February Weather's really bad in February Get a free day of rent Spring is all round the bend When will this winter end? Crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> Brought to you by All Electric Services, the most trusted five-star electricians serving Central Florida since 1980. They're not about sales. They're all about service. Visit allelectric.com to schedule your appointment today. You know, it's just easier to call you stupid. Now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestack. <sighs> Food manufacturers trying to top each other with just grossness. Uh, everyone, I think their marketing departments are bored and they're like, let's see, what weird stuff can we come up with? You think they sit there with a bowl and try to mix stuff that doesn't belong together together and then sell it? IHOP and Lay's have collaborated to create a unique snack. Ready? Mm. Lay's XIHOP Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity Potato Chips. Why? 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 Why would they do this? So a little sweet and salty. Is that what they're trying to get? Yeah, blend. I'm, I'm all for that. I love uh, bacon with a little maple syrup on the grill. Oh my mm. God, there's nothing better. But you got to draw the line somewhere. Blending the flavors of pancakes, strawberries, maple syrup, and a hint of savory bacon into a potato chip. That seems like a challenge. Yeah, because it's not a yeah. 
Snack uh, seeks to re- replicate the taste of IHOP's famous pancake in a new form. It just doesn't... Are they out? Should we go get one and Do- try? Like pizza chips or, or hamburger chips. It doesn't do it. It doesn't... It, no. Well, if we I, should try it. If I see it in the store, I'll snag us a, I don't a like, tube. I don't like that thing they made last week. What was it? Fruit Loops with something else mixed together? Anyway. Oh, um, I, it was ice cream. Don't it they was have, ice like, cream. Don't they have new cereal ice cream where it's yeah. like the cereal crunched up in the ice cream? Yeah. I could see vanilla ice cream with life cereal. I could see that. With cinnamon life cereal, too. Okay. Getting your fiber vanilla's in. Because the base. What? You said getting your fiber in. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Man from Long Island, New York, has admitted to illegally trafficking rare butterflies and insects into Brooklyn. Uh, I mean, into the United States. Brooklyn federal court charged Charles Limmer, 75, from pleading guilty. Uh, who wrote this? God, this is a mess. Uh, anyway, he paid a $30,000 fine and he had to give up his thousand bug collection. Well, if you're smuggling. What are smug- you? What are you? He's smuggling butterflies? Yeah, a limmer would falsely label shipments and sell specimens through eBay under the name Limmer Leaps, which earned him thousands of dollars even after his import-export license was suspended. Limmer, I have a... Oh, so he doesn't? He didn't have like butterflies in his pockets and stuff that he was underwear and he's trying to make it through security. Hang on, I got a clip. Because uh, you get people like that. It. They're like, all right, I gave a bunch of birds Benadryl and stuffed them in my pocket. Now I'm going to sell them on the black market. You know, this story just reminds me of something. I don't have it with me, but I'll try to get it for next hour. But I'll play it for you next hour. But it's this girl that lists all the stuff that just a couple of three decades to five, 50 years ago was yeah. was something you didn't have to ask the government to get a license for. Oh. You know, and, and when she starts listing this stuff off, you start realizing how not free we are. Oh, dude, I got the list a mile long. Here we go. I found it. I found it. Okay, listen to this because this relates to this story because, he, I mean... You know, you could sit down with me. I'm sure somebody, an epidemiologist, could sit down and say, this is the reason why it's bad to smuggle butterflies. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, seriously, we're going to put a guy in jail and charge him 30000 Just tell him to stop. I mean, just, we've gotten to the yeah, point you're now. you people that actually commit crimes right. in jail, so why start with the butterfly right. guy? You kick the crap out of a cop in New York, you're out in two hours, you steal a butterfly, uh. which is dead. <laughs> yeah, right, and then now you're in big trouble. Yeah, listen to this lady. 150 years ago, you didn't have to ask permission from the government to go fishing, own a property, Build on your property, renovate your home, use a transportation vehicle, start a business, get married, own a weapon, hunt, cut hair, sell a product, protest, grow your own food, sell that food that you grow on your own property, or even just set up a lemonade stand. And now you virtually can't do anything without asking for the government's permission first. So if you still think you're free, you're deluding yourself. Hate to break it to you, but you're a free range human in a tax farm. You're a free-range human in a tax farm. If that ain't the truth right there. Holy you know, cow. And stupid people, there's a lot of them, think that, because that's why, that's why politicians always throw in child and safety in their speeches, because mm-hmm. if they say those things, dumb people- Will listen ta- and go, what do I need to do? Yeah, we need, yeah, we do. That's good idea. Yeah, yeah, uh, banning people's things, good. Can I want I- safety and- I get it because there's people that go overboard that make these things kind of, you know, a requirement. But at the same time, some of this stuff is stupid. You, I need a permit to build something in my own backyard. Oh, dude, it's not just I've that. already paid for. I am keep paying taxes on it. They'll tax you on it after you're dead. Your, your kids can't even inherit it without the government taking a piece. If it's, I want to if I want to buy, I just found this out because I have a shed. If I want to buy a shed, I can buy it and place it on my property. As long as, forget the HOA for just, but that's okay. another layer of, of, of right. 
freedom killing people. But if let's say there's no HOA and I want to put the shed on my backyard, as long as I put it on the grass, I'm okay. But if I make a cement slab to put the shed on so, really? it'll, oh, so no. it won't rot. You don't have a building permit I don't that, have, do you? I have to go get a permit and pay somebody a couple hundred bucks. And serious? then you didn't post the permit, so that's another fine right there. And Well, you didn't hire our guy to do the permitting service and yeah. survey your whole thing, so that's another fine right there. And lest we forget, you'll need to pay more taxes on this concrete slab because we've somehow managed to add a fee to that. Wow. Yeah. And you're right, because if you just put it down, then huh? if you just put it, because I had a shed in my backyard in my old house, and the bottom rots. It you rots. You have to have wood down there or something. Yeah, yeah. To break it to you, but you're a free-range human in a tax farm. All right, this is why we need to ban cinnamon rolls, you know, because uh, really, what do you need a cinnamon roll for? Oh, they smell so good. You know, these are cinnamon rolls. Anyway. Pretty soon you need the government's permission to buy those. Mm. Yeah, you should. Uh, quick shop convenience store in Nebraska was robbed. A uh, guy came in demanding money, holding up the uh, clerk with a hostess cinnamon roll in a box. Wait, what? Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the uh, clerk thought the box was concealing a handgun because that's how everybody carries their uh, like in mobster ways. Like I'm walking in with a yeah. box of cinnamon rolls a and big- you're gonna open it up. It's gonna be an Uzi. Yeah, right. I've right. heard of the, the you know the highlighter to the back of the head or like the you know the banana in the pocket, but. The cinnamon rolls in a box? In a box, yeah. So the police identified the baked good bandit as Isaiah Bartu, a 24-year-old Lincoln resident who attempted to flee but was quickly apprehended as they followed the aroma of the freshly baked cinnamon rolls. <laughs> How good, though, does it smell when you walk by one of those cinnamon roll places? Oh, I was going to say, that's your first hint that it's not oh. a gun. What about that Auntie M's place in the mall? That's, the pretzel, that's oh the pretzel place. God, they get sm- cinnamon pretzels. I know. When they come out of the oven, it's mm. like, oh. Smells like butter, and you're like, oh. Yes. He had cinnamon rolls. I had to fork the money over. (laughs) Young Kentucky couple, uh, very excited. They they had a great wedding. Just happened on Valentine's Day. Why are we telling you this now? Well, all the details were released, so you can enjoy what they did. They wanted to do something different. Yeah. So what they did is um, they went to their favorite convenience store, which happens to be the convenience store that has in Verona, Kentucky, has a disco ball in it, and it has a button on the wall next to the light button that you can press to turn on disco music. Oh, it just turns into a club. Yeah, with uh, it's called disco bathroom. So the bride and groom decided to have their wedding there. In the bathroom. I don't care how disco-y and nice it is and how much they clean it. It's still a disgusting, just convenience store bathroom. You can't erase the smell of urine on the floor. We don't want to get married somewhere clean like everywhere else. It cost them $700 to $800 uh, for the catering and everything. They had guests in in the bathroom. Yeah, oh, they had the attendants of the store. They were all there together. Yeah, they were. The guy was wearing tux and sneakers. She was wearing her her bride's dress and everything. Did they flush when they said, I now pronounce you man and wife? Hang on, I'll be out in a minute. I can't. Yeah, I I wonder if anybody trucker wandered in in the middle of the wedding and was like, I'll be out in just a second. Hard pass. Oh, gross. Coming to TLC, watch as a couple tries to find the perfect wedding venue. It's Say Yes to the Restroom. Oh, I love this one. It's so spacious and has six stalls, one for each of my bridesmaids. Uh, there's somebody in here. Yes, the search is on for the perfect restroom. Oh, I like how the soap dispensers are pink, just like my bridesmaids' dresses. Hello? There's somebody in here. Can I have some <laughs> privacy, please? I can't go without privacy. It's all coming. Coming up on Say Yes to the Restroom. I think this may be the perfect restroom, and wait, it stinks in here. Sorry, that's me. Only on TLC. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Sunny FM.
having fun with a world gone crazy. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. Gone cuckoo. Okay, so here we go. Um, interesting, interesting story about immigration, illegal immigration in this country. So we've had a, uh, a, a bunch of new um, illegal immigrant crimes sweeping the nation here and there. I mean, it's pretty much the hardcore stuff started two weeks ago with the New York cops getting the crap kicked out of them by some illegals. Who then flipped off the camera like... Well, why not? They got let out in two hours. They came out the back end of the police station and they were the camera crews going, why'd you do it? And they're all just giving them the bird. Mm-hmm. Pieces of crap. Biden's America. The butterfly guy. So, um, interesting story here. Venezuela, if you know uh, anything about it, used to be a very vibrant, uh, capitalist, uh, prosperous country. People were happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was probably some sad people. There's always some sad people. But most of them were happy. People were making money. They lived in nice... Nice, uh, you know, towns and stuff. <laughs> Made no sense. But you get the picture. It was very, uh, what's the movie with James Carey, Jim Carrey? Rick uh, trying to do analogies uh, is funny to watch. It's nice towns <laughs> is what you're thinking of? No, the fake. The fake oh, Truman, Truman Show. Show. Very yeah. Truman Show-esque. Then all of a sudden it became a dictatorship. And now it's now it's an asshole country, right? With rich chocolatey Ovaltine. Right. And there's a lot of cr- criminals that are in jail there. I mean, they don't have to, you know, there's not due process like we have here. If uh, the dictator there doesn't like the, what you did, you just go straight to jail and then they'll worry about it later if they even do. Straight to jail. But now they have a new solution to their crime problem because apparently their new solution has a dropped violent death crime to a 22-year low. What, ship all your criminals to America? Yeah. Oh, I was joking. I mean, I'm I'm not, this isn't in the story. I'm just putting two and two together because uh, two of the crimes that just happened were Venezuelan illegal immigrants. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, We're going to let you guys out, but you can't stay here. You got to go somewhere else. Oh, I know where you can go. America. Chris Swecker, retired FBI assistant director. This is someone who has committed crimes before he's committed crimes in the United States, as a matter of fact. Mm. But we have no way of vetting these people, whether he was a gotaway or whether he was actually processed. And it sounds like he was. He was paroled into the country. Yeah, there's talking about a wave of violent crimes now being um, perpetrated by Venezuelan migrants. And the U.S. government cannot deport any of them. Why? Because President Biden brought them in here legally on parole. In other words, you get here, you immediately go right on parole. You fell a little phone thing on your phone. You, by the way, you come here, you get a phone. So you fill out this little mm-hmm. thing that uh, pretty much auto-fills everything for you, and you just put your name on there. So we really don't know anything about you. Everything else is just stuff we need to know, like, you know, your phone, where you're going to be, where you want to go, and they put you on a bus or airplane wherever you want to go. You end up in that city, and then you kill somebody. Great. Because you know what? You were probably a murderer in Venezuela, and they put you in the prison, and now they don't want you there, so they send them over here. More with Chris Swecker. We can't talk to Venezuela. We don't, we, we don't know what his criminal record is in Venezuela, and I would guarantee you there is one. And they're talking about, I'm sorry, I didn't put this in there because I'm just ahead of myself. Lake. They're talking about Lake and Riley's killer. Yeah. So go ahead. Now you know. So what we're doing is unleashing criminals and terrorists and spies into our country. He crossed illegally in September of 2022 at the El Paso borderline and again released into the United States on parole. Now, we don't know of it. Like he said, we don't know nothing about his criminal history. His name is Jose Antonio Barra. Him and his brother, uh, also a criminal, uh, were the ones that killed Lake and Riley while she was out jogging in Athens, Georgia. So we don't know anything about him because you can't. 
You can't call Venezuela and go, hey, tell us what's up with this guy. Dude, there's no, there's, you don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. It's a communist country. They don't give a rip. They just put them on. It's like the, uh, do you remember back, Smoke, you probably remember, you're a history buff. Um, the, uh, what was it called? The Cubans, when they sell to all their prisoners here, the Mariel Boatlift. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I Go don't know back to one. your Tetris. I don't know that. Um, one. Yeah, it's the same thing. These countries, these communist countries, they just had it. They got nowhere to put these prisoners, so they just send them to the United States, and that's the way it goes. And they use our laws to do it with. And then Biden invites him in. Mm-hmm. So this guy kills this girl, and uh, there you go. Then he commits more crime in the United States. Remember, he endangered the life of a child yeah. in New York City. Mm-hmm. He robbed a Walmart. There in Georgia. Just keep letting him out. No big deal. Yeah, I'm sure just, he's totally reformed and sorry for what he did. So when Trump says... And these are the best and the finest. They're sending people that have lots of problems. Of course, wouldn't you? If you were the dictator of a little country and you are, have limited resources, uh, economically speaking, and you've got to you maintain these prisons with all these killers in it, what are you going to do? The United States says, hey... Here's a here's an invite. Look at this card here. Just come on in. We'll give you everything. Money, a phone. You, you can do whatever them, you want. Yeah, come on down. Throw them on one of their cargo flights, drop them off in Miami, and there you are. Mm-hmm. Done. So let's go to Athens, Georgia for just a second. Where Kalen Riley was killed for no reason. No reason at all. Now the mayor there five years ago deemed Athens, Georgia. <sighs> A sanctuary city. Now, sanctuary cities are illegal in Georgia. However, there are sanctuary cities in Georgia. How does that work, Rick? I don't know. They just do it, and nobody does anything. You know how many laws were break? How many laws our government breaks right now as we speak? Tons of them, and nobody does anything. It's over and over and over and over again. What's up with that? So uh, there was a little uh, bit of a back and forth with the crowd. They had a meeting yesterday in Athens, Georgia, with the mayor where he tried to explain what is going on here. That term means different things. Oh, he's talking about somebody says, well, why did you make us a sanctuary city when it's illegal? That term means different things to different people depending on the context of the discussion. Uh, we know many, what it means. many of the elements. Liar. Many of the elements. Liar. Liar. We're here to listen. Liar. You're a liar. We're here to listen. Liar. You're a liar. You are guilty and got blood on your head for this murder, sir. Many of the aspects that are ascribed to sanctuary cities. We know what sanctuary are things that are disallowed by Georgia law. Well, yeah, but you're. And we contribute a document every year to the Georgia Department of Audits indicating that we do not correspond to these definitions under state law. Yeah, they what they do is they, they sidestep the law with, with little, um, and I can't rem- recall right now because it was a long article, but they do things so it can they can't nail them down as a sanctuary city. Mm. See, it's called using rhetoric to your advantage. Well, that that's true too, but they do things to, to, to usurp the law by picking out things that would trigger an illegality. Oh, like the Panera thing? Ex- yeah. The- With the Gavin Newsom saying, no, you can't do this unless you happen to serve my favorite bread and donate it to my campaign, in which case you're exempt. Yeah, so he goes on here. Yes, you do. And no Ooh. policies have been adopted Please by the mayor and commission that have so created sanctuary guy. city status Sir, in Athens. You need to resign. One protocol resign. that sometimes arises. Oh, damn. Yeah, they weren't very happy. Now, what's, what's a good Democrat always do when he can't get out of uh, uh, trouble? Blame somebody else? Blame Trump. While 2019 was not that long ago, you might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country where you had 
the president of the United States speaking in the most vile terms. Speaking in the most vile terms. Okay, he all he said was is Mexico isn't sending their best here. They were not sending their best here. They were sending rapists, killers, drug lords, cartel members. They were doing that. That was a that's a fact. But this guy, you know, he's a Democrat. He has to say that. That's the talking point. You know, oh, the rhetoric was racist about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Another thing that was a big lie, it was fabricated, never happened. It was all crap. You know, where Trump said, oh, I'm sure people on the other side are fine people too. They took it completely out of context, pounded it on TV. And to this day, I know there's most people think, oh, Trump said a very racist thing in Charlottesville. No, he didn't. No, you can go back and watch it on YouTube. If you watch the actual video, it'll take you 30 seconds, you'll see that that wasn't the case. Boy, but they nailed that. They went after it like you wouldn't believe. And now we got a mayor in a little town of Athens saying, oh, yeah, horrible thing that I had the racist thing. Trump, Trump was mean to illegals. That's why we think stuff like this. Yeah, that's why we got to help them. And you had that notion oh, metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. This is an in the main, I caution against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not connected. Really? Her murder and the fact Ow. that we have more illegal aliens is not connected. I hurt your hand by smacking How the thing. I, I, I show that it's not connected. I smacked at the same time you did. I <laughs> broke my hand. Ah, oh, that hurts. God. These people just make you so angry. He's trying to tell you that there's no correlation between illegal immigration and her murder, and then he's blaming Trump for speaking mean about illegals. Yeah, so Trump somehow is responsible, responsible for, for her murder. Carolyn, Kaylee, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you guys remember he said mean stuff, didn't you? Okay, then. Because the impact of federal immigration policy on localities has been under such consistent discussion in recent months, I do want to say a few words about this. It's my 18th year as a local government policymaker, and my work has overlapped with four U.S. presidencies and numerous iterations of Congress. All of them have failed to reach agreement on how to handle immigration. Well, that's very simple because we have a uniparty and they both want illegals in here to pay them less. You know what's funny? You could All the words Trump or whoever said about illegal immigrants, all that stuff is not as bad as what they actually do. Both parties do to illegal immigrants. They get them over here. They both want them here. And then when they get here, you got to- They treat them like crap. They treat them like crap. Well, they're not treating them like crap initially because they want them to vote Democrat. That's what the Democrats do. But then the Republicans do the same thing for their friends who own big corporations, especially out west where they have these huge farms and they pay them nothing to do the dirty work and then they act like they're we gotta i care about these people they're just down nobody cares about nobody anymore no man it's crazy okay this is a shocking story the orange county sheriff's department announced yesterday that a florida man has been arrested amid the investigation into the disappearance of a 13 year old madeline maddie soto Mm -hmm. (sighs) this is sick so um the mother, uh, whose boyfriend is the one that was arrested yesterday, they arrested someone. Is yeah. the suspect? Uh, turns out that on his phone, he tried to. His name is Stephen or Stephen Stearns or Stems, thirty-seven years old, arrested. Unre- unrelated charges amid the investigation into the disappearance of the thirteen-year-old girl, Maddie. So OPD announced he's not been arrested or charged in connection to Soto's disappearance, but they found. Material on his phone, basically child porn. <gasps> yeah. He that- tried to erase it before they got their hands on it. Don't you know they could still find that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was the last confirmed person to see Maddie on the morning 
February 26th. So he's a pervy. is the boyfriend of Maddie Soto's mother, Jen. He's also believed to be the last person to see Maddie Soto when he allegedly dropped her off at school on Monday. Maddie Soto was supposed to arrive at Hunter's Creek Middle School. She never made it. And that um, was the last anyone seen of her or heard from her? Yes. Um, I went to pick her up after school. Um, and she wasn't there. Um, so I started driving around, trying, maybe thinking she took a walk. Maybe she decided to walk to my mom's office, which is pretty close to the school as well. I drove around and I didn't see anything. I drove back to the school, the school was closed. I emailed one of her teachers. They confirmed that she was absent all day. Oh boy. At that point is when I called 911 because I realized something was truly wrong. Dude. Okay, I got so many questions here. Now, is she the mother, right? Yes. The boyfriend is the one that had the explicit images on uh-huh. his phone. So now, why are, you, are you still with him? Is that what your question is? Orange County. Now, the sheriff's department says those images on his phone, explicit images, were taken at the family's home. So are they of her? No, they didn't, they didn't say confirm that. that. Yeah, they're arresting him for this in a separate charge, I think, so they can keep him there. One, yeah, A, arrest him for doing bad stuff. Absolutely. But you can't. They're not arresting him in suspicion with this crime yet because unless they have evidence yeah. that links him to this disappearance specifically, they can't hold him for that. But the explicit images, according to the sheriff's department, the images and videos happen at the family's home in Kissimmee. Yeah, and you're now, the last one to see her. That does not look good. How does the uh, mother feel about that? Are they still boyfriend, girlfriend? What's That's going on? I'd imagine not. Yeah. Well, you know how, how many stories we've read where the, you know, the girl, the... Well, the, she calls 911 immediately. Right. You know, she probably asked the boyfriend, hey, you're supposed to drop her off. Yeah, I dropped her off. She calls 911. The cops start investigating. I'm sure as soon as, the you know, the arrest they start came. checking him out, she's like, oh, wait, what? Because I'm sure he wasn't going, hey, look what I got on my phone. Now <laughs> I have a question. If you're the mother of a child that has gone missing, you're probably very distraught, very upset, and you find out not only is your boyfriend who's in the house with you and your child arrested on these other pervy pedophile charges... But is the suspect in the missing, the, you know, the disappearance of your daughter? What are you going to do? Well, she already called the cops. I mean, it's, she didn't know until the cops found out. I'm just curious as to what the status is right now for mm. her and the boyfriend. Well, no, he's I'm just in jail. Saying, I'm sure she's going, what the heck? I was just, how do you not get angry and violent? <laughs> oh, my yeah. question. But I'm sure she, by the time she had the opportunity to do anything, you know, after finding this stuff out, the cops already had him. Because she probably didn't know about all the stuff he had on his phone. Yeah. You know, the cops discovered that after he tried to delete everything, too. Wow. Yeah. All right. So uh, before we get to the uh, to our call here from the uh, former president, Christina Ellison is the executive director of the Center for the Study of Capitalism in, at Wake Forest University. She told Business Insider that many young people have embraced what they call safety capitalism. What's that? What's okay. That? If there's no pain, there's no gain. That's a... That's a you know, you hear that all the time from motivational speakers and everything, but it's so true. Yeah. If you don't risk something, you don't get something back worth something. You know what I mean? But uh, Gen Zers apparently 
want everything to be safe. They don't want to take any risks. They, they want, want to, things handed to them. They want everything handed to them. 45% say they have a positive impression of universal basic income. That's where the government, they don't make the connection between tax paying, like where you work yeah. and a portion of your earnings go to the government to actually provide you with goods and services. That's the basic. Yeah, instead of universal basic income, what you should ask for is your taxes back. That's what you need. Well, anyway. Because you wouldn't need the universal basic income if you didn't have to give up half of what you made to the government to provide you with, what, uh, roads? Because they're not holding the border together. I mean, you're not really getting much out of it now. If you're a disabled veteran, you ain't getting crap. Here's how this this messed up mind of a Gen Zer works, at least the ones that are in this study here. Most Gen Zers still support capitalism in that they want to buy stuff. They want to have a house. Mm-hmm. They want to have a really cool car. They'd love to be influencers and yeah. go on lavish vacations. They're the commie that has but, the MacBook at Starbucks. Yeah, but they don't <laughs> want to work. I.e. this guy, 22 years old. 22 years old. 22 oh, years. I was working for eight, nine years already. Uh-huh. Started this with is the paper. first job I've had where I didn't need a second or third. Here we go. It's sick and twisted that I have to work just to survive, just to live my life for basic ass necessities. Well, how do you think you get those? Yeah. How do you- we should just take care of you because you're here? Yeah, pretty much. I don't want to work until the day I die mm-hmm. just to eat and sleep. Well, Free housing, free health care shouldn't be a pipe dream. Yeah, because housing is a right. I, I wish I could take this Calm down, Rick. Take him by the hair, Mm -hmm. gently, and drag him into that show 1883 and plop Mm -hmm. him in the middle of the middle of Montana, you know, with no food, no water, and a knife. Do for yourself. Good luck. The best part about that, you could still have stuff. Like, if you had a ranch, it was yours. You could build a barn and you didn't have to ask anybody's permission. They just want to have everything handed to them. Go on. Go on. Are you too lazy to go on? All right, fine, I'll continue. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you should be doing this or that. No. Like, what if I don't want to be rich? What if I want to achieve shit? I still have to work till the day I die just to live, just to survive. People give up their entire lives just to retire at the ripe age of 60-whatever. For what? To get paid dirt even then? Just to feed into a capitalistic system. Oh, there we go, with the little commie uh, speech there. These Buddy. are people that have been brainwashed in school. Their parents told them they were great. You're so wonderful. You'll never have to work a day in your life. You just look pretty. But don't you know people like that, that yes. we probably all do, that have so much potential that could be something really great, but they're just so lazy and have no motivation? Easy there, Jill. I'm no, right I'm not here. talking oh. about you. <laughs> But I'm talking about they want everything given to them and handed to them. And it's like, no, you got to go out there and work. Yeah. I don't want to. You could you could be really successful. I don't want someone to give it to me. Well, people always confuse this thing like, it's capitalism's fault. No, it's the government's fault. How many months do we have to work out of every year, Rick, for nothing? Do, do we every, work? Every yeah. month? Until uh, about May. May. So yeah. from January until May, all that work and all that money you get gets shoveled to the government for them to spend on people other than you. Mm-hmm. That's that's why you can't retire until you're old. Imagine if you had all that money back and you only paid really for what you know you used, as far as government stuff goes. Think of how much more money you'd have. Yeah, right. God like, didn't make me the smartest angel, but I know that needs to change. And I don't want to be told that I should be happy to have a job where it's taking up forty hours of my 
weak. Oh, poor boy. He needs to learn how to be gracious. I want to spend time with my family. I want to... I'm sure your family wants to spend no time with you because you probably sit there all... Yeah, little brat whining all day. Mom, meatloaf! Give me stuff! (laughs) That is fulfilling to me, but all that like requires so much privilege. It requires so much wealth, and it's just messed up you know how a lot of people got wealthy by working yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong i'm not excusing him but at the same time our system doesn't really give you the benefit dude he's you know in in any way shape or form they take your money imagine how much stuff you'd have if all the work you've ever done was for you and you alone yeah but you'd be doing really well yeah but human nature takes over and then you spend more than you make even if you had all the money coming to you instead of half of it going to the government. That's so. true. It's, it's the old Mexican fisherman thing. What's where the that? Mexican fisherman uh, takes this American businessman out in the boat and he's American guy's like, so well, what do you do all day? He's like, well, I fish a little in the morning and then I go home, make a fire and eat dinner with my family. And he's like, well, what you need to do is hire a bunch of guys. You can make more fish. You can fish all day and you can, then you can have a big bunch of money. And he's like, why would I do that? So you could fish a little in the morning and then have all afternoon to spend with your family. <laughs> it's like a lot of times you're already in the place that yeah. you're looking to end up later. Wow. All right. Every week we take a sideways look at our politics. So to Mar-a-Lago we go standing by live as the former president of the United States of America. Good morning, Donald Trump. Hey, good morning, Stacy, Jill, Smoke Crack. Hey, folks, can you believe what's happening with the downfall of America? It's a disgrace. Biden's paying off more student debt than R. Kelly on date night. Okay? <laughs> it's horrible. And can you believe that Mitch McConnell's stepping down? I know. For the first time. First time in decades our Congress will be turtle-free. <laughs> That's true, sir. Uh, so you defeated Nikki Haley easily in the Michigan primary Tuesday night, right? It was another massacre, Jill. I almost feel bad for Nikki at this point. Did you know they had a category in the voting called uncommitted? And I think for the rest of the primaries, Nikki should take shake things up a little. Where her name goes on the ballot, it should say Nikki Haley should be committed. <laughs> you know, because she's nuts and the yeah. voters would love it. Uh, just a friendly advice, I guess. Right. Uh-huh, right. I won 68% to 26%. I mean, that was the most brutal squashing of a woman in Michigan since that sweet old lady was on a flight to Detroit and sat in the window seat next to Michael Moore. (laughs) Well, sir, President Biden took some shots at you during the appearance on Late Night with Seth Meyers talking about you. He said, here's about as old as I am, but he's about as old as I am, but he can't remember his wife's name. He was mocking you, but apparently referencing an episode over the weekend where you mistakenly called your wife Melania Mercedes during your speech at the CPAC. Okay, excuse me. Why are we even talking about this? First of all, how sad is it that our our president can't even get himself booked on a somewhat credible late-night show like uh, The Tonight Show or something? No, he's shuffling his liver-spot-ridden ass out (laughs) on the uh, slappy migrant show or whatever the hell the name is. (laughs) Seth Meyers. Meyers. I don't care. what he said is completely ridiculous. I didn't forget my wife's name. I called her Mercedes because that's just a little pet name I came up with it for her. That's the perfect name. It's sleek, it's foreign, it's beautiful. Mercedes. I was going to go with Lexus, but that makes it sound like I married a stripper. <laughs> well, let's move on. According to a new poll, Michelle Obama is the leading choice to replace President Joe Biden as Democrat Party's candidate for president. What do you think about that? You know, frankly, I think it's a fantastic idea. And whoever those people were who came up with it were obviously higher than Barack was back in the 80s. But, you know, it did happen. If it did happen, 
I would consider it an honor and a privilege to take her on. And I can see it now. The former king of America versus the all-powerful queen of Kenya. <laughs> so, uh, okay, sir, pivoting yet again, you recently spoke at a gala celebrating black conservatives. And during your speech, you claimed that the four indictments have boosted your support among black Americans because they see you as a victim of discrimination. And you said a lot of people said that's why the black people like me, because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated against that they actually viewed me as I'm being discriminated against. Your right. speech was called racist, obviously, by liberal pundits. What do you think about that? Racist? Not, no, look, nobody loves black people more than I do. Nobody. I mean, when I'm out there going from city to city on the campaign trail, everybody knows, you know, I, I'm not just commuting around in my Escalade. I'm rolling with my homies. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay? And I'll tell you something else. I might not be there yet, but I'm, I'm here. I'm learning all the handshakes, Jill. Yeah. Every one of them. Just ask Senator Tim Scott. He'll tell you. I, I think we get the idea. And I didn't want to bring this up or take credit for it, but who do you think worked tirelessly for four years, finally pushed through that extra day in Black History Month this year? What? The one we're celebrating right now. We're enjoying it today. Not Biden. That was me. You're welcome. What? I knew my soul brothers and sisters were getting screwed because February's a short month and I wasn't going to stand for it. Okay. okay. You've made your point. Frankly... Black people just relate to me. Look, I know most white men can't jump, but when I put on a pair of my beautiful new gold Trump sneakers, boom, I've got a 44-inch vertical leap. <laughs> okay, we'll have, to, we'll have to confirm that somehow. And finally, an envelope containing white powder was mailed to your son Don Jr.'s home in Jupiter, Florida. The powder was not believed to be deadly, but this was obviously sent as a threat. Have you been in touch with your son lately? I have, actually, and that was kind of a scary thing. They were thinking it was anthrax or ricin. I mean, they had the housekeeper do a bump of it just to find out. No, I'm oh kidding. Oh, my God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She volunteered. She volunteered. <laughs> Sir, no, in all seriousness, I'm very proud of Donnie. That was a scary situation, and he did, he did the right thing. He handed it over to the investigators, and they told them that he's not ex exactly sure that what it was, but it was incredibly low-grade, and it was cut with a very cheap brand of baby laxative. Hunter Biden knows all about that. Just ask Crooked Joe. All right. Well, thanks for calling former President Trump. Later, Stacy. Believe me, if I wanted to threaten Donnie, I'd just tell him he's out of the will. That threat would be huge. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. They're just having fun in a world that's gone cuckoo. 105.9 Sunny FM. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. And it's brought to you by All Electric Services. Uh, Richard Lewis, comedian, died at the age of 76 yesterday. Leaving you in my will, I'm tweaking it, and you're in it. No, 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 don't, don't do that. It's done. You're in. I don't want to be in it. I, got, I have money. I don't need it. Give it to someone who needs it. When I die, I want you to know how much I care about you. No, I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to give it to charity. You're my best friend. You're getting it. No, I can't take bad news. The day started out so good. Had a good night's sleep. Had a good BM. I don't want to hear any bad news. Now, what type of news is it? Well, to be perfectly frank, it's bad. I knew it! I knew it was bad news. Yeah, so he uh, was in a lot of things. Obviously, stand-up comedian. He was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was in Robin Hood, Men in Tights, which you just heard there. He had suffered a heart attack. But I didn't also realize, I guess he announced it last April, that he had been living with Parkinson's. 
Yeah. Um, and after he passed away, a lot of celebrities in Hollywood came out to give their condolences. And I hadn't realized, Billy Joel revealed uh, at the beginning of his song, My Life, it's actually the first part of the song. He talks about uh, this guy that he used to be really close to that he called up on the phone and the guy moved out to L.A. to pretty much be a stand-up comment if you, if you remember this part of My Life. Got a call from an old friend we used to be real. Wow. He was talking about Richard Lewis in that song. He really was? Isn't that interesting? What kind of shop did Richard Lewis own that he did? I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really It's funny how you find out about, you know, that ruins it for me, though. Why? Because songs you're supposed to imagine how they relate to you and you make up in your imagination how they fit into your life. But when somebody tells you exactly what the song's about and you find out, oh, Songs about their blender, not so mine. So, were you upset when you found out Alanis Morissette's song was about Dave Coulier from you Full just, House? You just ruined that for me. You didn't know that was about him? No. Yeah. That's Uncle Joey. Cut it out. Wait a minute. You ought to know? You ought to yeah. know is about Dave Coulier in Full House. They dated Full and, House? He, and he broke her heart uh-huh. and she wrote that song about How him. How old were they? Probably pretty young. Like 15? She dated a lot of random. She, she dated, dated Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. So they that, almost got married. I think they were engaged. So that whole thing about running your nails down your- That's about, cut it out. That's oh, about Uncle Joey. Gross. I now, know. Oh, that ruins the song. You see what, I, you see what I'm telling you? It's like there's, so, there's, song, there's a song by Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. which I've known my whole life. Stairway to Heaven. No, no, there's another <laughs> song by Led Zeppelin that I've always, you know, enjoyed when I hear it. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, it brings me back when I was 13, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I found out the song is dedicated, no, it was Pink Floyd. Uh-huh. There's one song that's dedicated to one of their bandmates who was an a-hole. Oh. And it's when he left the band. They kicked him out of the band. I don't even know any of their his. I don't look in. You know, people used to spend hours. Guys, mm-hmm. not women. Women didn't do this. Guys would spend hours sitting on the carpet, the shag carpet, looking at the, uh, what came with the record. You know, what's that called? The, um, the like the inlet? The, 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 the little insert? inlay and read all about the artist and the mm-hmm. song, what it's about. You know, I never did any of that. So, uh, yeah, I found that out. It ruined the song. I can't listen to it now. It didn't, isn't Barry Manilow's song Mandy about his dog or something? Um, I don't know. That wouldn't ruin me. That, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was that other song? Okay, I can't remember right now. There's yeah. So, yeah, there's so many songs when you're like, what are they talking about? I don't want to like, know. Oh. I like it the way it is. Well, a lot of people did that with, I know you're not a fan of Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift, everyone would try to figure out which guy she dated, that which song meant was about who, because she dated everybody. So oh, they're like, yeah. oh, this one's about Jake Gyllenhaal, and this one's about Joe Jonas, and this, this one's, one's about, about so John Mayer. Right. This one's about, yeah, how about your Kelsey, is long. How about your Kelsey Travis right now? And you Travis know some, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, <laughs> and at, at, at someday you know you're going to get broken up. and uh, a song written about yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, that's coming. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe this is it. Um, we talk about child predators a lot on this show just for exposure so that if you have a child and you know what to look for, and sometimes it can be tricky if you uh, are not a parent that checks up on your child's phone, or maybe, you know, you've got a good kid and you really feel like you have no reason to check and see who they're chatting with. This is the Miami police. They have been made aware of some new lingo that is being used to communicate with underage minors on social media, video game, text, and IMing and messaging on that. Um, So here's somebody from the MPD to warn you of certain phrases and acronyms that they're using. Get naked right now. G-N-R-N. 
Believe it or not, that's some lingo that's going around online that people are using to communicate with underage minors. Recently came across some information online that we thought we'd share with you guys. I'm about to give you four more acronyms that you can look for in your children's conversations online, on their, they have phones, tablets, gaming. So anywhere they can send the message, there's four more acronyms that you should look for. L-M-I-R-L, let's meet in real life. Obviously, I don't have to explain the dangers on this one. NP for NP, naked picture for naked picture. TDTM, talk dirty to me. G-N-O-C, get naked on camera. So parents, it's something to look out for and it's also important that you have a conversation with your kids and let them know, hey, if you start receiving messages like this, you should probably contact authorities immediately. Oh God, do we really need the annoying dance music behind? It just drives me nuts. Anyway, okay. that's good That's good pointers yeah. there. Like if you see DTO, dump them out. Just... <laughs> not the time to joke, Rick. Well, I just think the acronym, you know, by the time that the <laughs> cops are giving you advice on this stuff, they've already moved on to much different acronyms. And- well, you, you'll, I don't know if you guys have seen that commercial. It used to be on a lot of streaming sites where it was a predator on one side of the computer and a young girl on the other side of the computer. And I guess he had gotten some pictures of her. And when she realized that he wasn't a young kid, say a teenage boy in her school, and he was an older adult, he was like, aha, I have these pictures. I'm going to send them to everybody in your school and your parents, and they're all going to be mad at you if you don't do these things for me. So she kept doing them, thinking she was going to get in trouble. Um, So you really have to be careful. You have to check. Because even if you're checking their phone and there's nothing on their phone, they can message via video games. They can message anything. Social Social media is... Such a scary thing these days, especially for young kids. Forget the whole addiction and how they're obsessed with it and they can't be without their phone because they have to see what everybody's doing every second of every day. The whole other side is that's how they tap in to your kids. But then, you know, we we enable that. I mean, there's a lot of parents who give the... I I just told you, I have a nine-year-old whose parent has two jobs, and I understand that. The answer isn't giving your phone, your kid a phone and a, a, a PlayStation. But here's the thing. Let's not put the blame on the phone and the PlayStation. You put no, the blame the on parents. the parent for, for not saying, hey, you can go on this X amount of times a day, or as long as they're monitoring they it and not that. saying, hey, don't spend 24 hours a day on this. It's, it's like, a, I think we put the blame on the, oh, the Xbox is evil. No, it's no, not the Xbox. you're... you're, you're uh, monitoring of all of it is, you know? But the parent wants the box as babysitter. And that's what they get. And then, of course, the addiction begins and school goes out there somewhere in the space and that's it. Yeah. Uh, Here's an incident that went down in Sonora, Mexico. God, if you think you have a bad mother-in-law, get a load of this. Here's the groom who hasn't been named, decided to marry a woman who didn't come from the same wealthy background that he did. So obviously mom didn't like this. His family immediately um, suspected the bride, her name's Alexandra, of only marrying him for his money. Meanwhile, according to people, of course they had to post this on Reddit, um, I guess they sent an anonymous tip to the police saying that they could find drugs where the the woman was, um, like where the bride was. Basically, what happened was cops showed up at the wedding, searched all of the guests, threatened to handcuff the groom in the middle of the wedding. I think the mother-in-law wanted to embarrass the bride. Um, So the police left. and So that didn't work. The mother tried to set that up, right? 
calls in and goes, oh, I think there's drugs at the wedding. So That's what thing, she set that right? up herself? Oh, it's not even done yet. So then after that, she wanted to spoil things. So his family tried to disrupt the honeymoon after they got married. They tried to do this at the wedding. So the wedding went on. Nobody was arrested. So then they tried to disrupt the couple's honeymoon. Um, they hired some men to throw paint on the bride to like show up and throw paint on her. So here's your, can you imagine marrying into that family where it's like, they don't like you because you're not rich and they think you're marrying him because of his money. So they're going to do anything and everything they can to just spoil your marriage. God. It's not as bad as. What is wrong with people? It's not like you have to get married to the guy or, you know, to the lady. It's like, what what are you upset about? There's a movie called, God, I can never remember the name of it. Till death do us part. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets married into this extremely wealthy family, like big, huge castle on lots of land, thousand person wedding, huge thing. And at night, it turns it's a horror movie. It's a <laughs> silly horror movie. So at night, she has to play a game. She has to spin a wheel and play a game. And it picks which game, and the most dangerous one is hide and seek. And so basically, she has to hide all night, and they have to try. They try to find her, but they're gonna try to kill her. And so okay. it's this whole in this dark mansion, and she's got weapons, and the husband's trying to warn her. Oh my God, my family plays this game. It's crazy. My family's, and she's like, "What did I marry into?" And it's it's nuts. Anyway, it's a stupid movie, but it's what's it called? I, Till death do us part. I, I can't remember. Till okay. death. I, I have to look it up to get the. You watch the exact. some strange ass movies, man. I saw the preview for <laughs> it, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's so crazy! I have to watch it." So, okay, that's what I did. And you, and you still haven't watched Basket Case, which just baffles me. I'm not going to watch basketball. What? Oh, you just told on. me about a wedding where parents decide that they're going to play a I game know, to kill each other. It's interesting. It's interesting. Well, basket you, case. Your head in a basket from 1950 is not super interesting. It's basket case, man. Epic film. Um, I think we all, though, are a little stressed out from all of this. So I think we all need to do something. Have you heard the latest and how to kind of chill out? No. Okay. So some people might go into, when they go home, into a hot bath or a sauna and try to relax, right? Uh huh. <laughs> I saw this thing on TV the other day. It was so strange. And I'm not knocking it because if somebody does it and it helps them, then that's great. I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't do like meditating very well. This is called a sound bath. So basically you lay around and you have your eyes closed. And the video I saw is like you're laying there almost as if you're in the middle of a yoga class, but you just don't do anything. Mm. You lay there and your eyes are closed and this lady's there and she has all these big bowls that look like mixing bowls like she's gonna bake a cake or something and she's got these wands and she goes around the inside of the bowls and they make different sounds oh because it resonates the bowl oh like yeah, so like, like a like wine glass. glass of water yeah, like yeah. if you did those things yeah and it's called a sound bath and so that's supposed to be the latest in relaxing but see i can't be serious i always have to crack a joke silence makes me uncomfortable so it's just like one of those I don't know how I would get through it. Well, it's not it, but silent because it's you're not laying there silently. It like doesn't doing matter. The thing, it's like, wow, it's wah, I know, wah. and that would does that not, that would make me giggle. Then I would have to. I just wouldn't be able what, to. What is that? Well, well, I don't get why that's funny. Like, <laughs> I just think it's, it would make me feel weird, and I'd probably start laughing. Have you ever tried to meditate in a whole room full of people and be and be quiet and just all focus? And are you not peeking out of the corner of your eye to see what other people are doing? I am. No, I don't care about other people. Why oh, you I'm look tra- at other people? Because if my eyes are closed, and I'm vulnerable now. I want to make what? sure you're not trying to do Honorable anything. To what? Who's what if, doing stuff to what you? If somebody tries to kill me when my eyes are closed. Like At the, the meditation class, they're sneaking. They're not looking. It's perfect. It's a whole room full of people not looking. Stranger like, things have happened. I don't know. I see. Okay. Have you done it? Done what? 
No, I've never done that. No, no. This is your sound bath. <laughs> Relax and allow the soothing sounds to cleanse your body. Uh, okay, yeah, you've cleansed that part of your body enough. Now, open your mind and let the calming tones... Oh, dude, really? <coughs> Again? Okay, this ends today's sound bath. Crack open a window and maybe cut back on the seven-layer taco dip. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. This is a huge, huge fire. Second largest fire in Texas history. It is uh, one million acres. That's one million insane. acres. They're having a little bit of a heat wave and there's dry grass and, you know, all that contributed to this. So, um, there's been one, has there been a fatality already? One confirmed fatality from the Scotts Acres neighborhood. Uh, Hutchinson County Public Engagement Coordinator Deidre Thomas said, and it's spreading. With high winds behind it, I mean, these fires are just moving quicker than anybody can kind of get around at this point. Obviously, that's not Deidre, but maybe this is Deidre. Many of them still are uncontained or only have single-digit containments. So instead of counting the number of homes lost, what we're devoting our resources to is trying to prevent any other homes from being lost. Yeah, there's been cattle losses, uh, power outages, uh, disaster declarations by the governor, Greg Abbott, and uh, it's 60 counties, 1 million acres. 60 like counties. Out of nowhere? They, they don't say what started it. I'm sure they'll find that out later. But uh, uh-huh. now the wind's going to die down today, so hopefully that'll kill the fire. There's only 3% contained right now, so that's 3%. nothing. 3%. How do they determine out that? Out of all that space. Yeah, 953,000 acres. That's I mean, when nice. you see that from a helicopter, can you even see the 3%? I don't know. I don't know how they figure that out. The U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to review whether former President Donald Trump has immunity from prosecution in the special counsel's federal election interference case in D.C., an election year dispute that will have blockbuster legal and political implications for the nation. You see, when you're president, you're pretty much immune to criminal prosecution. Mm -hmm. And Trump is claiming that uh, he was still president January 6th. Therefore, he had immunity. And uh, the scary part about that to me, and I'm not a lawyer, but it's almost like if you... If you start saying stuff like, well, I had an immunity at the time that this occurrence and people are accusing you of being an insurrectionist, probably, I don't know if that's a good defense. But anyway, hey, look, if it's the loophole he can work with, whatever. It wasn't an insurrection, but that's what they're going with. So let's see what happens. This case was taken because it raises an exceptionally important question, which is one of the top criteria for the court to consider a case. In this case, I think that Nixon versus Fitzgerald provides a guidepost for the court. And and there they raise the question of, is absolute immunity a problem? And they said, no, there are other remedies. There's impeachment and that sort of thing. What the court was concerned about there was the intrusion on the authority and the official function of the executive branch. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. These lawyers, they think everybody knows what they're talking about when they say, well, you know, there's precedent here in the case of Fitzgerald and and Mushkin. (laughs) Ah, who could forget Fitzgerald and Mushkin? That's David Schoen. I don't know. He was an impeachment attorney during the first impeachment of Trump. That's just insane. But basically, when you're president, if you were, let's say, you're president and you have to run a country and all of a sudden all these people are after you and they're, you know, hey, he did this to me. And all of a sudden you got to, you know, indict the president. 
Well, when you're president, you can't deal with that. You have mm-hmm. to run the country, so you have immunity. So we'll see what that happens, because when January 6th happened again, he was still president. Correct. So, all right. The other case is the one in Georgia. This case perhaps was the one that presented the most danger to Trump because if he was elected again, he could, you know, most of these other cases, these federal cases, he could um, pardon himself, not in the state case. But Fannie Willis and her boyfriend, Nathan Wade, screwed this whole thing up. And I said about two weeks ago, I said, you know, and this was right after it happened, the day after it happened that she was on the stand. And they asked her about when did the relationship begin? They have to establish the beginning of the relationship between Fannie Willis, the DA in the case against Trump, and the prosecutor she hired to prosecute the case against Trump, Nathan Wade. Yeah, they're in a relationship together. The accusation here is, she says, oh, this started after the whole Trump investigation began, so it's not pertinent to the case. If it started before any of this, then she showed favoritism. Uh, and she hired Nathan Wade, her boyfriend, instead of working with the prosecutors in her office. Right. So her best friend comes out and says, oh, um, yeah, they were smooching in 2019. So oh. she's lying. God. Everything that you saw, heard, witnessed, um, it's your understanding that they were in a romantic relationship beginning in 2019. Yes. You have no doubt that their romantic relationship was in effect from 2019 until the last time you spoke with her. No, no. And did you observe them do things that are uh, say common among people having a romantic relationship? Yes. Such as, can you give us an example? Hugging, kissing, just all, affection. All, of, all before November 1st of 2021, correct? Yes. Yes. Now, she has a shadowy background, so, you know, okay, maybe we don't rely on her testimony that much. Let's move on. Let's rely on data. So then the day before yesterday, all this data comes out of all these text messages, thousands of them. I think it was about 11,000 in one year between each other. Jeez. Okay. Thousand, jeez. Yeah, thousands of them. And then there's also the phone calls. They triangulated the cell towers and found out that, you know, Mr. Nathan Waite said, oh, I wasn't at her condo. Turns out he was there, like, I don't know. I don't know how many hundreds times. Right. You know, they can't pinpoint the exact location, but hey, he doesn't live there, and all of a sudden, hey, you're making calls from there. So, the data doesn't lie. So, we got that. Then it gets better. Then they got this name, Terrence Bradley, who testified under oath and worked with Nathan Wade. See? They brought him in for some, uh, you know, questioning, and that happened the day before yesterday. Well, now we got... Nathan Wade and and Fannie Willis possibly perjuring themselves for lying under oath. And now Terrence Bradley steps in the partner of Nathan Wade at the law office he works at. These guys basically do injury law and stuff like that. But for some reason, all of a sudden, he's prosecuting a former president. That that in itself is a little kooky. But in the testimony, he asks him the same question. The, The thing they have to establish to determine whether they disqualify Fannie Willis, Nathan Wade, and the whole DA office from prosecuting Trump, which would just pretty much destroy the case. Right. That's going to happen any minute now. So they asked Terrence Bradley, when did you find out that Nathan, your bud, your partner in crime or in lawyering, um, started this relationship? And he had said earlier in the testimony, oh, yeah, they started you know, back in 2019. Uh, uh, that's what I recall. Then when he was re-questioned, he said, oh, no, I was just speculating. 
Then, of course, when you do that to an attorney and you're under oath, they come after you. The counsel for a defendant in this case, that Ms. Merchant was asking you specifically about the knowledge that you had regarding the timing of the relationship between Wade and Ms. Willis, correct? Just to clear, clarify, Ashley is uh, the defense counsel. She's on the Trump team or Trump the 19 side. defendants that are involved in this case. Because it's not just Trump. It's everybody. Rudy Giuliani and mm-hmm. just the, the whole pack of them, right? Okay. Because she's going to try to get them all in court or was trying to do that. Shh. So Ashley is one of the defendants who was asking Terrence Bradley, hey, uh, you said you knew they were having a relationship way before the Trump case. Um, I mean, based on this, yes. Uh, I see what and was in- and in response to that, you answered directly on your own what you now claim to be speculation, right? That's correct. So I ask you one more time before I move to the next part of this. Why would you speculate when she was asking you a direct question about when the relationship started? I have no answer for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so then the lawyer, just to make it go quicker, the lawyer puts in front of him, here's your text messages. Oh. It says on here, you said, yeah, they were messing around in 2019. I know because Nathan Wade's in the same office I am. Oh. And then all of a sudden, they show the text message to him, and Terrence goes, dang. That was <laughs> well, all What else say? can you say? In quotes, Dang. dang. I mean, you're confronted with the evidence right there. It's you can't say anything. So now we have uh, we have uh, Nathan Wade, the boyfriend of Fannie Willis. Uh, they're pretty much establishing that the relationship started before the Trump case, and she just showed favoritism, hired him instead of the eight attorneys in her office that could have handled the case with experience. And then instead of doing that, she hired Nathan Wade, her boyfriend. My boyfriend. Yeah, it goes on and on. Except for the fact that you do, in fact, know when it started, and you don't want to testify to that in court. Yeah, they're talking about Terrence. I meant to play another sound, but but yeah, so pretty much today or later today or maybe early tomorrow, the judge in this case is going to probably, in my estimation, and I'm not a lawyer, but if you, it's like watching a soap opera. You pretty much know the ending. If they don't disqualify these two today or tomorrow, then something's wrong with the judge. Because Which put, I wouldn't put it past. You know, unless there's a technicality, but they pretty much got... Now, Now here's the bad part for Fannie Willis, or Fawny. She's a hot shot, right? Everybody supported her. Even the law, even the judge in this case gave her campaign 150 bucks. <gasps> but the thing is, she could lose her career because mm-hmm. she lied under oath. She's an attorney. He's an attorney. Terrence Bradley's an attorney. They could all lose their law license for As lying. As they should. And it's called perjury. That email that I spent a whole day yelling at this guy, because I, I just, once in a while I get one, I just irritate. You know, the, yeah. it was Monday. He goes you, flying right to the keyboard. Rick, we have two minutes. I don't care. This is stupid. <laughs> so anyway, there we go with that. So now we got the Washington case on hold. The Supreme Court's going to hear that. We got the Georgia case falling apart. Mm-hmm. We got- um, And there weren't there two more cases that wouldn't even have to, wouldn't even take place until after November? The documents case, and now we got the Alvin Bragg case in New York about the lady who says, uh, what was that one about? I don't even recall. There's so many of them. But uh, yeah, there's two more cases out there. But I mean, the Alvin Bragg case, even, even Democrat attorneys are like, yeah, this thing's a pile of junk. This yeah. is going to- So there's really one more case, and it's the document case. So you put that up against the Biden document controversy. Uh-huh. We'll see how far that goes. So, all right. 
I read the story on Monday. This is this crazy mayor, Tiffany Henyard. She is a, a mayor in Dalton, Illinois. Small town, not a big deal. But she thinks she's running the United States of the world. Mm-hmm. She really is a nutcase. And she was uh, caught, listen to this, the town, the average pay in the town is 24000 That's the income of most. Holy cow. Yeah, this is a very poor town. And it's a very small town, 23,000 residents. So it doesn't make any sense that she was paying herself $300,000 a year. That's just her base pay. Her base pay. Then she was taking just the same thing, vacations and buying luxury items on a taxpayer's money, uh, just going crazy, dining in fancy restaurants. She goes over to Atlanta, spends a whole week there at the Four Seasons. I mean, just crazy ass stuff, right? And then the uh, town trustees, who are mostly black, said, okay, this is a little much. They start calling the FBI, and she goes ape crazy. Y'all forget I am the leader. They want to hear from the mayor. If y'all ain't learned that yet, the mayor, not the trustees, that don't do nothing, that only run their mouth. Y'all don't do no work, no work. And y'all should be ashamed of y'all Y'all black. Y'all are black. And y'all sitting up here beating and attacking on a black woman that's in power. Y'all should be ashamed of y'all So she's she's really uh, hurting everybody in the town, including the black community members in that town. They're the ones who call the FBI, and uh, they haven't heard back from them until yesterday. Yesterday, the FBI launched an official investigation mm-hmm. into that crazy woman. <sighs> yeah, so the village we'll of Dalton and their mayor is under investigation. She believes it's all retaliation because she's so good at what she does. Right. Everyone's so jealous because it's so awesome. They're targeting my association and my affiliations. And she's blaming the black people for turning on her that they shouldn't. They should have been champion championing her. Mm. So, crazy. Uh, I guess uh, the governor of New Jersey doesn't want people to live there any longer because so far, you know, New Jersey is the number one state for the exodus of its residents. Oh, really? It's New Jersey, not New York? It's New Jersey. New York's number two. But New Jersey has the highest tax rate in the entire country. And now the governor there has proposed an 11.5% corporate tax hike. What? what? 11.5%. Think about it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of envy that goes into this because people think, oh, these large corporations, they're all so rich. They can do 40 to pay their fair share. That's been drilled into our heads for like half a century, and people actually believe believe that. But they don't understand the tax system in this country. The progressive tax system, personally, federal tax system in this country is ridiculous. The more successful you are, oh, it's okay to take more of your money. See, that's why the flat tax makes sense to everybody. Mm-hmm. If tax were 15% and Jill makes 10000 you know, and Bob over in accounting makes fifty thousand, and they're both paying fifteen percent. Bob's going to pay more still, right? Because but it's fifteen percent of what he makes. But yeah, but at least it's a flat tax across the board, right? But no, this New Jersey governor not only has raised. First of all, my mom bought a house there in nineteen seventy-two for twenty-four thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, it's a four-bedroom house. Oh Very gosh. small, though. It's like, a, I don't know, 2,000 square feet, maybe. Just Even hearing the price difference hurts me, though. $24,000 in 1972. Um, by the 28th year of her mortgage, she was paying more, I think it was like 10 times more in property tax than she was paying in mortgage payments in one year. Wow. Her mortgage payments were $125 a month. So she was paying about $1,200 to $1,300 a year. Her taxes, this is back in 19, 
95-ish, she was paying almost $25,000 in taxes annually on the same house that she just paid off. It was paid off. So every year she was paying the, the, the price of the house in taxes in New Jersey. And the house is already paid Dude. off. Dude. The house was paid off, yeah. See, wh- what is that? No, it's robbery. It's absolute legal robbery. Yeah, and and and, and they, we just like let that happen. No, because we paid a thief to keep our power. That's what these people are. We pay these people to steal our money, and then to retain power on their end to steal more of our money. So now the governor there is raising corporate taxes to eleven point five percent. They're all going to move out. Would you stay there? Well, it's so expensive look to at, live there. Look anyway. at Manhattan, Remington. One of the largest uh, firearms manufacturers in the world. Left. Left. They've been there 200 years. Mm-hmm. They went to and they were like, Yeah, they were like, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not paying that. And well, they they, there were other reasons they left other than the money, but. Yeah, but that helped. Yeah. So yeah, now the biggest exodus of residents in, in a state, New Jersey, is going to increase. Now, they're doing it all to fix the train system because they say New Jersey Transit doesn't have enough money. I got news for you. Sunrail, all these, that's why I railed on Sunrail so much, no pun intended. Because oh. there's no rail system in the United States of America, or I think anywhere in the world except for Japan, that makes money or it pays for itself. It's too expensive to run rail. You can't make any money. You would have to charge, much like Brightline's doing, you would have to charge, uh, you know, on Sunrail, $100 a trip. Damn. Just yeah. to make just to make, just money. to make Just to pay for the maintenance. I mean, it's it's insane. Rail uh, Trains are very expensive. So, more expensive than airplanes. I think I'm right about that. Yeah, I think you might be. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's um, right. Maintenance-wise, I think. But, of course, not by today's standards where the door plug just goes flying out at 30,000 feet. <laughs> Nobody cares there. <laughs> All right, finally, it's stuff Rick finds while surfing on the internet, on the internet, on the internet. He may spend too much time on the internet, but he finds something strange and new each day. You know, we were just talking about Billy Joel earlier. He wrote a song, My Life, that mm-hmm. he mentions. Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis, who passed away yesterday of a heart attack. And uh, I never knew that the lyric in my life that you gave me here was about Richard Lewis when he moved to L.A. Uh, do I still have that? What's a label? Billy. Billy, here we go. Let's just a little, little part of this. He's talking about Richard Lewis here. Got a call from an old friend we used to be real close. Said he couldn't go on the American way. So you know the rest of it. He moves out to the West Coast and does a stand-up routine in yep. L.A., right? So uh, that ruins the song for me because then I can't imagine what I want it to be. But then there's other stories about musicians and stuff that we've never heard of, and it's people you know, like Rick James and Prince. Mm-hmm. Smoke gave me this one. Is oh, there... yeah, this is fascinating. This is a fascinating story about what these people do to each other. I have an incredible story about this 1981 Rick James record, the one with Super Freak on it. You're going to love this. This part of the song. That girl is pretty wild, no. Here's what the keyboards sound like in that section. Awesome story about where those keyboards come from, like literally the synthesizers used to make that part of the song. 1979, Rick James needs an opener for his tour. So he decides to take on this young up-and-comer from Minneapolis. Short guy, you might have heard of him. Rogers Nelson was his last name. First name, Prince. So these two legends are playing with each other. The intensity of the rivalry is insane. Each night they both go on, try to kick the other's ass. Some nights Prince wins the audience over, other nights Rick James. At the end of the tour, they're not talking, they're not making eye contact. They f- 
f***ing hate each other. One day, at the end of the tour, Prince's keyboards, his synthesizers, go missing mysteriously. <laughs> hmm. One thing you need to understand is that back in 1980-81, synthesizers were very new, and programming them was something for, like, rocket scientists, almost literally. But Prince was able to program them. He was one of the rare few who could make interesting sounds come out besides the presets. So according to Tina Marie, Rick James stole Prince's synthesizers, erased all the programming, not before using them on the Street Sounds album. So those synthesizers on Super Freak almost definitely that's, Prince's that's stolen keyboards. Prince like, where did my keyboards go? One day, they arrive in the morning that we didn't know. Apparently, we didn't know. What are you doing? And that's the story of how Rick James what, what, what stole Prince's keyboards. No, what, stop. And used them just stop. on... Everything just, just started stop. going off at once. I don't know what's Why going on. Why are you on. pushing on the button? I wasn't fingers. pushing anything. You're laying your arm on the keyboard. I can look no, right over... No, I wasn't laying my arm on the keyboard. Anyway, you get the point, though. Yeah, he stole Prince's... Keyboard. Synthesizers did the album, erased them, and then sent them back to him. So he gets a, a, a note with the synthesizers on his front doorstep that says, "Thanks, MFR." <laughs> wow, <laughs> that crazy? That's insane. Now we go to Libs of TikTok. Libs of TikTok is a uh, oh, website boy. on uh, on X, I guess now, mm -hmm. that just takes posts on TikTok made by obviously whacked out left-wing liberals. And just repost them. That's all she does. She doesn't make comments. There's nothing added except for the comments people make when they see these posts. And this one is, um, what do you call it? It's not transgender. It's some kind of gender something. I'm not sure which one you're going with. She's a bearded vulture. Uh, great. <laughs> Wait, what? She's a bearded vulture. Here's the audio from the Libs of TikTok Post. Here we go. Hi, my name is Asa. I am a member of a DID system, and I'm also a bearded vulture Therian. I have two questions. One is for other Therians, uh, specifically bird Therians, um, and the other question is for other systems who have Therian system members. So first question for other bird Therians, what are some things you do that help you feel more connected to your stereotype? Like, I know that for people whose stereotypes are four-legged, they can do quadrobics, and that helps them a lot. Um, but obviously, that's not applicable to bird Therians. I also want to clarify for anyone who what? doesn't know, um, quadrobics does not automatically equal Therians. People can do quadrobics and not be a Therian. So that's my first question, how to feel more connected to bird stereotypes. You can't interrupt that one with a bunch of other sounds. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you notice at the beginning she said I'm part of the DID system. Do you know what that means? No. What is that? It's a dissociative identity disorder. So at least she's identifying that she has got a disorder of some sort. And it's her lack it's of feathers makes her think disorder. she's a bird. What but is it? Multiple it, species disorder? Well, it says you have two or more separate identities and these control your behavior at different times. Is that not multiple personality disorder? I guess so, yeah, but I thought animals I've, weren't included. Even, yeah, I was going to say... Most of the cases I've read on that, nobody's like, well, my name's Bob, and tomorrow I'm Jim, and the next day I'm a hippo. Well, like, you don't... <laughs> this is, I think this is just, if we're going to get technical about it, I think this is just another form of depression, and I'm not making fun of her, but it says, basically, this is the sudden and unexpected shift in mood, so you could be happy one, one second and then sad another second. Like bipolar? It sounds like it's similar to that, but maybe to deal with that, they're coming up with these other personalities. It know. sounds like multiple personality disorder to me. 
Oh, she's a bearded vulture. But she's she's saying it in a way that that she thinks it will be accepted because of the way you can identify as anything these days. I see. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, no, no yeah. You, I don't, but you know, so you don't think she really thinks she's a blind bearded I vulture? I think she's got a mental disorder well, where that's, she's trying. Yeah, to. yeah, but I mean, did you think that way your whole life, or suddenly once everybody started coming out as weird stuff, you're like, you know right. what? I'm a bird too. No, I think she said, uh, I need a way to deal with all this stuff, and since this is so accepted, if I say I'm a bird, not many people are going to bat an eyelash at me. Well, oh, she, I'm batting mine. <laughs> uh, she tries to regurgitate food in my mouth. I'm not going to be happy about that. All right. So uh, now it's a little uh, montage. It's uh, clips of uh, President Obama and President Trump and how they're different. Ready for this? See if you can point out which one is which. The United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi is dead. The United States launched a targeted operation against that compound. They did a lot of shooting, and they did a lot of blasting, even not going through the front door. You know, you think you go through the door. If you're a normal person, you say, knock, knock, may I come in? After a firefight, they killed Osama bin Laden and took custody of his body. He died like a dog. <laughs> does not mark the end of our effort. A beautiful dog. A dog. We give thanks for the men who carried out this operation. And I don't get any credit for this, but that's okay. I never do. <laughs> Here we are. May God bless you. And may God bless the United States of America. And I'm writing a book. <laughs> I wrote 12 books. All did very well. <laughs> Is that great or what? (laughs) (laughs) It's stuff Rick finds while surfing on the internet. On the internet. On the internet. He may spend too much time on the internet. But he finds something strange and new each day. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. That's a filthy habit. Stream it now. 1059sunnyfm.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. So when you think of television shows, it doesn't have to be shows today. It could be shows all the way back into the 70s. And you think of the most watched TV finales of all time. What do you think they are? There's a couple I know that we discuss on the show regularly that were the finales that uh, irritated us the yeah. most. Seinfeld ruined it, but I'm Seinfeld's sure a lot of number one. It. Well, I thought Sopranos would be number one for you. You were irritated um, at that one. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. But I mean, as far as on purpose, because I think Sopranos was, well, it was on purpose, but, and I understand the It intent. was just ambiguous enough to where like people didn't get it. Yeah, but Seinfeld was purposeful idiocy. It was like, well, we've got to end this somewhere. Just put them all in a jail cell and just have them talk. Yeah, well, didn't they, which, didn't they run that on like Times Square or something? What do you mean? On a giant screen oh, so in New York. Oh, dude, outside. yeah. yeah. When Seinfeld uh, signed off, it was a big something. Now, MASH is by far the biggest uh, uh, finale of all, right? That came in at number one. Yeah, that's Had 105 one. million God, viewers. Wow. That was back in 1983. Cheers came in at number two, 80 million viewers in 93. That's when the last episode of Cheers aired. The Fugitive in 1967. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Seinfeld was number four, was the most viewed. And then Friends was number five at 52 million. Wow. There's some other on the list, like Magnum P.I., Cosby Show, All in the Family, Family oh, Ties. That was a big one. Golden Girls didn't... That wasn't on the top 10, no. Oh, I'm sure believe- it's on a list if there's like a top 20 somewhere, but that was it. can't believe The Fugitive. My dad used to watch that. I don't even know what- The what- six from the 60s? Yeah. That- 
That, I was, don't, that was that high even back then? Wasn't there less people? <laughs> I can only see the Harrison Ford movie in my head. Yeah, same. Now, you're telling me that the Super Bowl, wasn't this a record-setting... Uh, Super Bowl this year. It was $112 million, uh, worldwide, and you're telling me that MASH back in the 80s was what? 105. God. 105 geez. million. Now, back, that's a lot. That would Today's numbers would be 170 million, right? Something like that. Yeah, 123 million people watched the Super Bowl this year. Broke records. Wow. Um, here's an ex-Starbucks barista. Said, these are the signs that you're about to get a really crappy cup of coffee. Okay. You don't go to Starbucks anymore, do you, Rick? I haven't gone there in the over, almost two years you now. You used to go religiously every morning. Oh, it was $200 a month. And every afternoon, right? Yep. All right, so... Uh, I went yesterday and got my CB antenna caught in the overhead drive through thing. Who goes through a drive through with a big CV antenna? Uh, well, I don't know. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop the boat. Pull the bus over. You have one of those dorky antennas on the top of your you car? You haven't seen it? I park next to you every day. No, but you come oh, wait, late. wait. I didn't see it either. Yeah, but you leave early. Yeah, but I don't look at your roof. So you have an, one of those big springy antennas that waves in the wind? Kind of, yeah. It's... And where people scratch their head and look at you, who has No, I forgot it was on there until I'm driving through. I was like, clang, clang. I was like, oh, the guy's like, what do you, what would you like? Like, I don't know, coffee, get me out of here. Is that your streaming antenna? Yeah, it's for my, you know, satellite uh, thing. Your satellite podcast. Um, do you want to know? Yeah, Any yeah, 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 okay. go ahead. These are signs you're about to get a really crappy cup of coffee. Uh, if you see a frantic barista, if the barista's overwhelmed and she's running around, she's frantic, she's like, I gotta get this cup of coffee and the iced coffee's not made and I gotta go get more ice and I gotta get, you're probably gonna get a really crappy cup of coffee because they're running around, they're too busy, they're probably not gonna get your order right. If employees are out of place, I didn't know what that meant, but it's, it, this doesn't happen just at coffee shops. Have you ever gone somewhere and you walk in, I'm trying to think of an example. It's usually a food service place and somebody could be waiting on you, mm-hmm. but they're doing something else like cleaning. Right. And you're like, could you stop cleaning and help me and then go back to that when there's no customers, you know? And they're just, you're just, there's a line of people and yeah. they're not helping anyone and they're just, you know. Yeah, that's Starbucks. There's eight people back there. There's mm-hmm. three people in the restaurant and you can't get anybody's attention. Right. Uh, not using the right language. Did you see the meme? It's my favorite where somebody walks up and they're like, uh, can I have a uh, large yeah. coffee? And they're like, uh, you mean grande? And they're like, can we no, not do this? No, said vente. Yeah. He said vente. He goes, no, that's not large. That's 20. No, I'm not talking about that oh. clip, but I'm talking about the meme I saw. It was like, can we just not do this today? Oh. I, you know what I mean when I say large. You know what I mean when I say small. Stop trying to get me to speak your logo. I'm not going to talk that way just because you want me to. So if you go up and you don't say it that way out of spite... They won't make your coffee right. Oh, if, I... you, if you're dairy-free, they said if you go in and you hear the whistling of the steam wands, oh, that whistle, according to this ex-barista, only happens with dairy milk. So if you request non-dairy, chances are there's some cross-contamination if you hear that whistle because they're just going to pop it right back on over it, and you might have some dairy in your non-dairy. All right, can I play, can I play the one that I always play when we bring up Starbucks? <laughs> oh, the guy crying? Yeah, yeah. And on a weekend, they scheduled me the entire day open to close. I'm on the schedule for eight and a half hours, three and a half hours into my shift. There's so many customers, and we have four people on the floor all day. Yeah. <laughs> five people were put on the schedule, and somebody had to call out. <laughs> Can you imagine being that fragile of a human being that you can't work a straight eight hours without falling apart in your break room and filming it and posting it? <laughs> It's insane. Oh boy. And the other one is obviously rude customers. If you're rude when you walk up, they're probably going to try to get your coffee wrong on purpose. Just to inconvenience you. Because right. they can. 
Uh, this woman said her Stanley Cup saved her life. Ready for this? This is going to be an ad for Stanley Cup. Because the first one was, remember, the, did the house burn down or the car burn down? The car Stanley- burnt down and the ice cubes were stolen in the Stanley Cup. This woman's in Ohio. Her Stanley Cup kept her from getting hit by a stray bullet that was oh. shot through her home. She said, my Stanley Cup saves my life when there's a shootout in front of my house. Where do you live? Um, Baltimore. She said it was a freak accident, honestly, but my fiance David and I were talking um, about something and then we heard about seven or eight gunshots and one really loud bang when it entered my house. A bullet ricocheted off of the Stanley Cup, which was right in front of her, and sent it flying through her... um, through her perfume bottle and then straight into her kitchen. It wasn't until what? the cops came to collect the bullet that be- they believed that she would have been killed had the Stanley Cup not been in that exact position because it ricocheted off of the cup. Oh, it's my all that Stanley- lead that saved her. Wow, my Stanley Cup tried to kill me yesterday. Yours did? What happened? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, it's 2.30 in the morning, so I'm in my kitchen getting water for my trip here. Right. And uh, I just don't look. So I am I put the cup, the Stanley Cup, under the ice maker, blah, 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 ice, 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 put a little water in it, Close the cup. Don't even look. Go home. I drink the water all the way here. I go home yesterday, and there's a, re- a refrigerator magnet for Vegas inside the cup. You didn't even look to see. If I it didn't. Fell even, in your it, cup. I guess when I opened the cup and slammed it in the ice maker, the fridge it, came off the, it, the, the magnet, magnet. Came off the fridge. Got in the cup, and I drank that magnet okay, all day. Wait. I wasn't gonna do this. Hold what on. are you gonna do? Uh, here. I hope you weren't gonna do oh. this for weird. Oh. Is he gonna do this for weird? No, no, no just no. do it. Okay. Um, this guy, he's 37, uh, how old is he? Where is he? 26 years old. Oh, even worse. Um, he had to go to the emergency room. Wasn't feeling good. Was vomiting, complaining of abdominal pain. Uh, turns out he's a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. He consumes magnets and coins because he was under the impression that the zinc would help him build up his physique. Because <laughs> uh, that's... Not how that that's not how that works. No. They pulled as many as thirty seven magnets and thirty nine coins from his intestines. Why what did you think was gonna happen? And he can vote. He's also been undergoing treatment for a known psychiatric condition. Really? I'm not making fun of that, but What's yeah. worth what's worse, the magnet eating guy or the mothball eating lady? Oh, they're pr- both pretty Ooh, bad. But the yeah. magnets, the problem is, if you have coins yeah, and you have magnets... They're stuck in different spots. Yeah, it could rip your intestines apart because yeah. they're going to travel and gravitate towards each other. What You know how intestines are all folded up? They're yeah. Like, oh, you got like a mile in there. What if the magnet's on one side of one intestine That's what tube I'm saying. And, yeah. And they and, go through and they And the perforate. coins in the other one and they go oh. together. Oh, no. That's yeah. That's bad. I can't... Uh-uh. I know. That's dangerous. How do they get all that stuff out? How do you get you coins out of somebody's- You're going to pull out all of their intestines. Well, I mean, the coin you might and be able to- do you squeeze it out like a toothpaste? I don't know. To get the coin all the way to the end? I don't know. Oh. Almost done. I would assume that if it wasn't something like magnets and coins and it was like marbles or something, you could just wait for them to pass. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Eventually, but since it was magnets, considered <laughs> super dangerous and he was vomiting and throwing up blood and- you can crack I the feel to- healthy. You can crack the toilet with those marbles. Jeez. <laughs> Ricochet off the toilet, break a window. Uh, Dan Castellaneta. Do you know who that is? Yeah. He's on Simpsons, right? He's the voice of Homer Simpson. Okay. He is selling his waterfront Santa Barbara property. Santa Barbara is so it's pretty. gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Um, this house, I was trying to look through it. Incredible. Incredible. 
and you know, this is kind of cool because when you're the voice of somebody, nobody really knows what your face looks like. So mm-hmm. you could live your life with all of the monies and all of the earnings, and you don't have to worry about people noticing or recognizing you in the grocery store or anything like that. You unless, you go, to, unless you go to Starbucks and start using, uh, you know, Homer Simpson's voice to that's order. That's true. Um, so he hired somebody uh, very interesting to kind of put his house on the market for him. Looking for the perfect house but don't know where to start? Then you need a realtor you can trust. Homer Simpson. And at Homer Simpson Realty, he'll help you find the house that's right for you. All right, over here is the kitchen. Lots of countertop space. You can set a lot of donuts on these counters. Mmm, donuts. Great, but what about... The fridge? It can hold all sorts of beer and donuts. Mmm, beer and donuts. I hear ya. Is there a pool? Oh, yes, a really big pool. Perfect for lounging around and drinking beer and eating donuts. Mmm, beer and donuts. Uh, this one is a little out of my price range. Sorry, this house isn't for me. Don't! I'm just not much of a donut eater or a beer drinker. Why, you little... Homer Simpson Realty. Let Homer Simpson help you find your new home today. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> well, what you want to go and do a stupid thing like that for anyone? Stupid News with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. All right, after the pandemic ended, what do you think was the one hospital visit that has increased in frequency? Since the pandemic? Yeah, what happened during the pandemic? What did people do when they were locked up in their homes and now they have to undo? Drank or they tried got, to build things? They no. got large. A lot of people got pets. Oh. People that shouldn't have pets. But a lot of people kept the pets. So now, injuries from pets on pet owners are increasing like a hundredfold. Now that the uh, the problem is is that they're tripping over the pets. What do you mean? This one musician, listen to this guy. This guy's only 41 years old, uh, just doing what everybody does when you're at home. And he has two cats that he got during the pandemic. And you know cats, mm-hmm. they'll either fling at you or they'll cross your way just because mm-hmm. they can. And this guy, again, a musician, makes his, uh, he was coming down 14 stairs. Oh. Cat ran in front of him. Oh. He freaked out. Fell, broke his arm, hasn't been able to play for two months now because of his injuries. Uh, let's see. Here's another one. Uh, his beloved cat that he got during the pandemic called Eric. He called his cat Eric. Eric. So he, he was out in the yard, heard the phone ring in his house, had his mobile phone on the counter in his house. He was out front. Eric's on the porch. When Eric saw um, the cat, saw his owner running towards the house, he got a little freaked out. And the moment that he stepped on the step on the porch, the cat jumps. Oh, Eric trips, hits his head on the door, the front door. Oh, no. no Eric's not having a good day. Oh, uh-uh. that's the cat. That's the cat had a great day. He had nothing to do with it other than he was standing there. So, yeah, this is happening. It's becoming commonplace. Injuries on pet owners from their newly acquired pets during the pandemic. Well, you know, just... 75% increase. <sighs> Mostly yeah. tripping, fractured what? bones, broken feet. Nobody knows how to walk anymore? No, no, because of, what do you mean? Some people aren't animal people and they don't know how to do it, but they they're alone or- in their house. They're like, yeah. I think this will give me company. And it's like, yeah, but it's a responsibility that you have to take on. You have to be ready to dance at any moment. No, I mean, no lie if I had a, a dollar for every time, because they'll run right in front of you if they think you're yeah. going to the closet to get them a treat or something, and I'll be like, oh. oh my cat, she's usually really, really good, but. Banjo, he's well. Rick, like, he'll sit right behind your office chair, and I'll be like, "Hey, buddy, I need you to move." 
And he just would look look at me like, You're, "What, dude? Step over me! You're not. Move, I don't know. You move. I was here. I was laying here first. You know, Rick. You must have a trouble with that because you got twenty something cats. I mean, yeah. everywhere you go, there's a cat. Do you I even mean, have glass cups, or is it just everything's plastic? No, I have. I have. They broke. We, my wife is in a Buddha's, uh-huh. so she had a big boot on the mantle. And I came home one day, and all I see is this white powder everywhere. You know, and it's oh. made. You know, it's made it's out of pulverized. Pulverized. The cat no. flings it off the mantle onto the floor. Last night, what did I have on the counter? I had my Stanley cup. That's why it's bent. I had a Stanley cup, and he just comes up, looks at you, and then looks at the cup, and then hits it right off the counter. Yeah, my cats look at the zoomies, and they, they go all around the house, and they yeah. bounce off the front door, and then they go, and they always knock over a vase or something that's up on the dining room table or something. What's funny, because, uh, you know, just about a year ago, President Biden broke his foot, fractured his foot. Remember the dog? But then again, I mean, picture this. He was in the shower, and for some reason, I don't believe this story at all. <laughs> Yeah, I don't believe the story at all. Uh-uh. Apparently, he was in the shower. The dog was in the bathroom with him, and then he got out naked and started chasing the dog for some odd reason. Remember that? And he tripped and fractured his foot. What a weird thing. I don't think that's what exactly what happened. <laughs> I don't want to think about what actually happened. Okay. But yeah, in uh, 2020, uh, 1.7 million people purchased pets who've never had pets before. Wow. Doesn't sound like a lot, but an increase of 75% in pet injuries. Not the pets, the people. Yeah, you've you've had I've I've I must have broken my face several times, but I never I always I'm prepared to dance. Yeah, I I think I'm always aware that something might be under my feet at all times. Have you ever stepped on her feet on not meaning to? Yeah, it's usually the tail or the foot because they're right behind me, and it's like, well, get yeah. out from under my ass! What are you doing? Yeah, and then they go, wow! Yeah, and, and you're you like, think, I'm sorry, and you're gonna go chase after them and be like, it's okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mom, you think I'm they're sorry. never gonna talk to you again, and then a few minutes later they're sitting on your face going, mm-hmm. pet me, pet me. The Chicago Hotel, Pendry Chicago, is offering a $187 hot dog combo to celebrate the city's 187th birthday from March 1st through March 4th. That's this uh, this weekend. The ultra-luxurious hot dog includes a French-style, help me with this, Bodine Black Sausage. I don't know yeah, what that sounds is. about right. Cognac and milk, black truffle mustard, seared foie gras, and a porcini rye crumble. Oh, okay. all rye crumble. Oh, in a classic poppy seed bun. Shouldn't they have a jingle for this? Now, what is a crumble? I don't know. The combo also features an old-fashioned cocktail with Maker's Mark Cellar aged bourbon and Macallan 12-year single malt scotch. Oh, God. You better take a Pepto after that. Garnished with Luxardo cherries and gold flakes. All in all, it's a $187 hot dog with a beverage. Available this what? weekend. They're selling it for $87 this weekend as a special. Probably tastes like garbage. Right? Look, chicken lips. All right. So, as you know, we've been talking about this for about two weeks now. The increased prices of luggage and stuff. You have to pay fees at the airport when you're boarding an airline. Yeah. Uh, including JetBlue, who's one of the just crazy with fees. United and American recently raised their cost of checking baggage with even higher rates in store for those who wait to pay at the airport. If you pay online, you get a $20 break on a $50 bag. American Airlines recently announced that coach travelers would pay $35 to check their bags in ahead of time or $50 at the airport. Only recently, a first bag cost $30. That's a new one. Mm-hmm. But then the second bag costs, if you have more than one bag, that costs as well. So imagine you got four people with a bunch of bags. Checked baggage fees have become a major cash revenue stream for the airlines. Well, yeah, major. You used to you get said American just changed theirs up. American, to- United, and JetBlue so far, all ba- of them. And baggage- then they make them smaller too. If they don't adjust the the 
cost of the bag to go, oh, well, it's got to be this big. And then, yeah, like, it's got to be. It's got to be small. And I'm like, yep. wait a second. I bought this suitcase specifically for your carry-on size. Mm-hmm. And now when I go up to the little thing, somehow it doesn't fit in the cage. Or if they say it needs to be under 30 pounds, now they'll say it needs to be under 25 pounds. Yeah. And it's like, so then you have to have a second luggage. So like, that's how they adjust the price without adjusting the price. Listen to this craziness. The increase in baggage fees, U.S. airlines now rake in over $5.4 billion alone in the baggage fee increases since mm-hmm. 2020. Oh, come on! And then in 2023, just in that one year, uh, baggage fees have increased 25% from the same uh, nine-month span in 2019, according to CNBC. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. God, and JetBlue ranks the worst. Really? I love JetBlue. They're, they're the most expensive? Yep, they're the most imp- expensive, which boosting baggy bag baggage fees. So, Jeez. Yeah, well, that's what happens. If you see an airline ticket that's that cheap... Odds are they're getting that money from you from some other way. Yeah, maybe there's another way to do this. With so many hidden fees, it's hard to find a flight that fits into your budget. But not anymore with Flat Fee Airlines. Yes, with Flat Fee Airlines, you can fly anywhere in the United States for just $100. That's our promise. Nice. So if I fly from Denver to Detroit, it's just 100 bucks. It sure is, plus a $300 check bag fee. Wait, so it's not a flat fee? <laughs> of course it is. Anywhere in the world, just 100 bucks for a ticket. Ah, okay. Plus a $900 carry-on bag fee and 700 for each additional carry-on item. Okay, so that's not a flat fee then. Sure it is. A hundred bucks. That's the flat fee. Yeah, but for the baggage, it's... Plus a $1,500 hat fee. If you're wearing a hat, that'll be an extra $1,500. Well, what if I don't bring any luggage or anything? No problem. Simply pay the $3,000 no luggage fee, and you'll be on your way for just a hundred bucks, plus the $3,000 fee. Oh, come on. Flat fee airlines. Fly anywhere for just a hundred bucks, plus fees. Book your trip today. Hey, follow Rick Stacy in the morning with Jill and Smokestack on Instagram. Follow me. Yeah. This stitch is about to get lit. At the Rick Stacy Morning Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 